Talk Live. Yes, welcome. It is Free Talk Live, the live radio call-in program where you can call in and talk about whatever is on your mind. The telephone number in the studio, if you would like to join us in the conversation tonight, is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. In the studio tonight, it's... Mark Edge. And I am your host, the Reverend Captain Kickass. We are expecting Peakless Mountaineer shortly, I assume. You know, he's hit some sort of traffic or whatever. But we shall go on. Uh, Mark, uh, folks can't see you tonight because we're doing some things behind the scene. But you're wearing a, I don't know, is that a Hawaiian shirt? What is that? It's like orange Yeah, yeah, I like the Hawaiian shirts. Yeah, yeah. They, right. You know, I like the, like the button-up thing. And I'm in Florida right now, so slurch, slurch, excuse me, short sleeves are appropriate. <laughs> so it's nothing to do with the boogaloo. <laughs> I don't know anything about the boogaloo. <laughs> okay, all right. I always wondered, like, are people in Florida just all part of the boogaloo because they are always wearing, you know, Hawaiian shirts or you know Hawaii for that matter? Uh, anywhere tropical, really, where they're wearing the. It know. was the same way in Saipan when I lived there too, and it's just a nice way to dress. It's, uh, it doesn't matter to me whether I'm wearing khakis or, um, you know, short pants, but these Hawaiian shirts are nice. Indeed. Uh, tonight, I, I have a thing. Uh, and Mark, you and I, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll call it OG COVID, uh, COVID-1, yeah, right? We, bef- like when it came out, uh, you and I got to experience it nearly simultaneously. I think you had yours, I don't know, three or four days before. Like I was like, yeah, dude, I'm sick too, uh, or something like that. But like nearly simultaneously, I understand that uh, you're under the belief that you had the long COVID. I I did not, uh, near as I could tell, suffer from the long COVID, but I had it again, just like... Uh, yeah, I got COVID again. A, a couple of weeks ago. And the only... Like, I didn't go to a doctor. I didn't take a test, right? The only reason that I know that I had it was because I lost my sense of taste for like three freaking days. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man. I made like what looked like an awesome like bratwurst omelet. Like instead of hmm. using like sausage or bacon or something or ham to make your omelet, I I just busted open a, a bratwurst and fried it in a pan with some onions and put Sounds some good. put some uh, avocados on top of it, had it all seasoned up nice, mm. some onion, you know, garlic, all that kind of stuff, and then like I ate it and my my stomach was happy. It was like, oh, thank you for the food, but like my taste buds were like, dude, what is this? It's it's what nothing. happened? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's when I noticed. I was like, oh, oh this sucks. So uh, for show prep tonight, I have something called 15 COVID, quote, conspiracy theories, unquote, that turned out to be true. This is a post from uh, the Twit, the Twitter, the, the X Twit, whatever you're calling that thing these days. Musk's yeah. platform, the platform of much Musk. 15. And I have some. I have some COVID stuff related stuff, too, about uh, Anthony Fauci, and I'm Oh, nice. I guess I have a question that I have for you, okay. uh, the audience, uh, Peakless. I, I have this question, and that question is, should 
I be calling for the head of Anthony Fauci? Will it yes. will it solve a problem? Yes. If we go after him and say, "Hey, the crap you did, the crap you advocated for, the crap that you were in while you were in charge, the stuff that happened while you were in charge." Um it well, was bad given and the it was possibility wrong. that he is an an actual comic book super villain <laughs> that released a a an old person killing virus on the planet like that's not unreasonable as a possibility knowing what we know now it could be the case it um, could but be i'm not saying I, it is i'm saying I, that there is a reasonable suspicion that that is the case and since there is a reasonable suspicion well, number 1 we need to know whether that's actually true are we in a comic book is really important information so the question i have <laughs> in response to your question mark is what does going after anthony fauci mean right like like are we gonna sick the state on him because that's what yeah. it is he's a statist right is it you know uh from a libertarian perspective is it morally is it uh you know non-aggression principle uh you know uh, advocated you know to quote go what does that mean to go at like i believe this man is a criminal and i believe that he lied to everybody Right, as can be proven by these 15 conspiracy theories that we have here tonight that turned out to be true, by the way, and all of which I think I, I've read through this. I don't want to say all, but most of which we talked about here on Free Talk Live at the time COVID was happening. And we said, sure. hey, there are certain uh, we'll call them experts, doctors, right, scientists, whatever that say these Priests. things. Uh, and, 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 you know, the evidence supports their theory. It's contrary to the mainstream media. It's contrary to whatever Anthony Falsi is, is preaching. Right. And, and we talked about all these things like while it was happening. And yet everybody just seemed to believe, uh, Mr. Well, Mr. Fashy. And let's not forget, it was wasn't just science. believe him. Cause what's really important is, is we got banned over and over from all kinds of different platforms. <laughs> yes, we did. Like we got hit hard. Yep. Yeah. We and lost no radio yet. stations. No apology for any of it. And I think that's a really big part of this is that, yeah, they did all of these terrible, terrible things, but there was a no, never a moment where they like, you know what? We really went overboard on this and we need to make sure that we never become so authoritarian that we do this again. That moment right, and, hasn't happened. But that's that's not Fauci's fault. Like he Fauci is. So he is the. Uh, He's the figurehead of it. So well, I don't hold on, actually wait, believe wait, that wait Biden runs wait, the country. Wait a second. But... Wait. This is the question that I actually have. The question that I actually have is, is how responsible is Anthony Fauci versus how responsible are 300 million a-holes who let him get away with this crap? Right. Okay. So your question is, how responsible was Hitler for the Holocaust? I, I guess that is my question. Um, is ultimately well, it's not that. zero. How about that? And, and <laughs> so, Hitler's responsibility is not zero. Agreed. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> and, and and this is basically the the question that we've been arguing in the studio, where I am very firmly of the opinion that if you hire someone to kill someone else, you are a murderer. Period. I agree. Now they uh, okay. also are a murderer. And it, yes, it, doesn't, it doesn't dilute the murder. Now, if I hire someone to hire someone to kill someone, 
That doesn't dilute the murder. It, no matter how many times I put layers on top of this, no matter how what a big group it is that hires a group, that hires a group to hire a murderer. Wait, wait. I just want to expand on this a little bit. So if you hire somebody to kill somebody, and then you're like, oh, crap, I shouldn't have done that. And the only way for you to get out of it is to hire yet another person to kill the person you just hired to kill the first person. <laughs> Are you then good? No, that's two wrongs don't make a right. Okay. All right. <laughs> that's I'm just that checking. Yeah. That's checkin'. exactly how that principle works is two wrongs don't make a right. Also, there are other ways to try and atone. Because, yeah, there there is the question of like, okay, well, you screwed up. You realize you screwed up. Now what? And, yeah, if you actually try to fix your mistake, then that should count for something. And, yeah, we get into really, really squishy territory for how much fixing of a mistake you did. Right. But that's completely different from you didn't try to stop it. So, yeah, it, it, yeah, Fauci did not do the entire thing. But so, he, A, well, I mean, is the he? symbol of the entire thing. Because he, he, was, is. he was the guy hiding. He was the guy hiding all of the Wuhan stuff, mm-hmm. right? Where Where we said repeatedly here on this particular radio show that, like, hey, everybody, it looks like this thing, like, came out of Wuhan. You know, the, the evidence shows that there was some, you know, some tomfoolery going on, et cetera, and so and on. And strange thing, there's a lab in Wuhan that deals with exactly this. Mm-hmm. Right. And that lab was funded by, well, U.S. military and U.S. Uh, uh, pharma, uh, you know, for this exact type of research. Yeah. And that and that spending was signed off by Fauci himself. Right. So, like. Well, and, <sighs> and a big part of this, too, like, OK, Presidents aren't the best human beings. Oh, really? Yeah. So when they manage to do something that is not pure evil, like say, hey, guys, we're not allowed to make biological warfare, you know, for now, for now, for like this, you know, two to four years, let's just not make, you know, potentially human species ending diseases. Could we not do that for just a little while? Yeah. Um, Which Obama did. And then Fauci went around that and said, well, I'm not making bio-warfare. I'm just doing the exact same actions that you would do if you were making bio-warfare. Well, and, and let's not forget, too, that uh, Fauci was, I don't want to say endorsed, but endorsed by, by Trump. He was like, Trump oh, yeah. was like, listen to this guy. Oh, right? yeah. Like, he's the guy, right? Yeah, and, that, and that's a big part of, of what Fauci symbolizes, is he is proof that this isn't a left or right thing. Yeah. He was he was equally uh, responsible under Democrats and under Republicans, and he was equally endorsed by Republicans and Democrats. So it's going to be real easy for the three of us to sit here and, uh, and sort of rip on Fauci. Uh, but I don't want to lose Mark's larger point that I think he's trying to make, which is the you know I don't know three hundred or so million people in the United States that let this happen. Now, I I frequently will turn to this particular argument when it comes to things like mm, electing a president, right? Like y- you get what you ask for, right? Uh if you participate in this farce uh, farcical thing called an election and you're like, "Well, I'm going to I'm going to vote for this guy cuz he's the lesser of two or three or 10 evils." Mm. Right? You're still voting for evil. Right. No matter how much less it is. And so I turn uh, the tables, if you will. I turn the perspective, if you will, on people to look, uh, if you didn't participate in this frickin charade, 
then we, you know, like, sure, somebody would get elected, but you wouldn't have the authority that you have because you're only going to have, you know, 100 people participating in the vote instead of 300 million or whatever it is. Right? And I disagree on that. I think that I think that number one, there's no evidence that like a reduction in voters has led to a reduction in people's faith in yeah, government. But but again, back to to Mark's point with regards to COVID, mm. how culpable? How how do you hold the 300 million people that you know are called American citizens or whatever? Uh, how much responsibility do they hold? for allowing this to happen. Well, I think and, part of this is that they never imagined that this was what could have happened. They never imagined Well, I think that that's, that's true. Um, I think that also another thing that's worth pointing out is, is that if the United States government goes after Fauci and attempts to hold him responsible for his actions in this, that it will, to some extent, mitigate or, uh, you know make good on all the crap that happened right like it tells future generations look we did this and we're sorry we did it and here's what we're going to do to show you that we know that you know that the end of this that we were wrong i agree completely if I think we, that's exactly what it does. It's like, uh, I think it was the Milgram experiments where they uh, had, you know, an, an actor, but they had all of these uh, unknowing uh, uh, experimental students shocking this person. It wasn't actually shocking them. but uh, it, The experiment it, requires that the experiment continues. Right. Yeah. The experiment requires that you continue, and they uh, would, you know, crank it up to dangerous levels and even to where they thought they'd killed the person and were still shocking a corpse. However, in a a version of the experiment where they had a group where someone said no and refused to do that, then other people, like, it just takes one person being seen refusing to do that, and then the entire group says, no, we're not going to do this either. And I think this is the effect of going after Fauci, is to say, and yeah, I know, our, our, our courts are corrupt, so I don't think they'll do a good job, but they're supposed to at least pretend to be just. So if they have to do this in order to even pretend to be just, then it at least lets everyone know this wasn't okay. Don't go further than this next time. All right, then I'll redirect to Mark then. How does one or some or a large group or all, quote, go after, unquote, Anthony Fauci? Well, I think you first have to, and I've got some stories here. I mean, I can read the headlines real quick to just give you a taste of what I'm talking about. But um, the the headline on one of them is lab leak is not a conspiracy theory. Anthony Fauci concedes. So you can two years ago, you can be sure that Anthony Fauci would not have conceded that the lab leak theory was not a conspiracy theory, right? Right, right? That it is that it was possible. Now he's saying here, oh yeah, I thought it was possible. Um, but you know, like if you would have, if somebody would have asked, I'm sure that it was done. Uh, Dr. Fauci, is it possible that the lab leaked this virus, that the United States government, the Chinese government and governments around the world have weaponized the common cold in order to stop habeas corpus, lock us all in our houses, and nobody's going to be held responsible. Is this possible? 
And he would have said, uh, no, no, that's not possible at all. Um, it's my belief. Or, that he or like that. the consummate politician he is, redirected the question of, that's an absurd question. <laughs> right. Not that it's, uh, you know, not going to answer it. So Fauci says to Congress in this other article, six-foot social distancing guidance likely not based on data. Now, I remember, um, clear-headed enough to at least remember this picture that was posted on Facebook of like a person jogging with a 40 foot wave of death hanging behind them. You know, don't go jogging because you'll kill people. Um, And, you know, then we find out that the six foot social distancing thing. Remember, they were putting people in jail in other countries over this. They were, you know, kicking people out of public parks. All kinds of crazy stuff was happening to Americans freedom. And that's what this country was based on. Oh, I'd like to also forget the most uh, to, to point out the most American thing happened where people were fined for going to church. Oh, people yeah. were threatened with yeah. arrest for going to church. No, they shut down church. They shut down theater. They shut down live music performances. Like, there was no art. They killed art in the United States. Art was dead, save for the uh, myself, uh, Aria, and Mushmouth Mike, who put together an impromptu concert on July 4th at Rogers Campground during Forkfest or Porkfest. There's a man named Arthur driving along right now. It says, but I feel fine, guys. (laughs) Well, and let's remember the the churches that were even open at all were in defiance of centralized church authority. Right, And they were getting pressed. Centralized church authority said, no, we are not having churches. You know, we are the, the, the big guys. We say, no, this is too big of a threat. So you heretics and your churches are still yeah. open. The, uh, the New York uh, city Hasidic Jews held services anyway and were, I mean, I don't round I, it up, I, if you will. If you will, yes. Uh, I remember uh, Canada, right? There, there was a certain subset of a Christian church up there that was holding services anyway, and they were uh, raided, if you will, by Canadian authorities, told to shut down. Uh, there were people who were trying to keep their gyms open who were shut down uh, as a result of this crap. So. Yeah, yeah. Where were the 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 millions of people, the, the citizens who claim to be free people? Where were they standing up for everybody else in their rights? I don't know because they weren't around. And a lot of these people claim to believe that if you don't go to church, you're gonna go to hell. They they claim that they believe you will suffer for eternity if you don't go to church, and somehow that just goes right out the window when there's a flu. Yep. It's all accurate. So let's go and uh, let's let's put the indictment together for Anthony Fauci all tonight, right. shall we? All right. Yeah, and I mean, I don't trust the courts to ever go after him. It'd be nice to well, see him. You I know, trust make Rand, a show I trust of Rand it. Paul to go after him because yeah. he's been going after I'll, him for I'll a while. Cre- I'll create you that. <laughs> That's what we need, Grand Inquisitor Rand Paul. <laughs> <laughs> We'll give him like big red hat and some red robes. Put him on a big floating chair. It'll be awesome. <laughs> All he right. needs to be carrying like a sigh, like uh, you know the specter of death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, number fifteen here. This is from a Twitter person uh, at Vigilant Fox, uh, whom I do follow, and that's where I got this from. Uh, and this is 
the number 15 of the list of conspiracy theories about COVID-19 that were proven correct. The, the, the title of this, 15 COVID conspiracy theories, quote unquote conspiracy theories, that turned out to be true. Number 15, repeated COVID shots weaken the immune system, according to a study. Yep. Okay. And, and this is one of those things that if you know anything about vaccines, like even actual vaccines, not this thing, they are designed to have an element in there that weakens the pathogen. That's what they're supposed to do. Used to be mercury, now it's something else, but they're designed to have something in there that makes the biological organism weak. Right, my understanding... So of course they're going to reduce your uh, your overall immune function. It's a gambit. You know, you, you sacrifice a little bit of overall immune function in the theory that this is going to make you immune to this particular thing. Prior to COVID, my understanding of vaccines was this. They take a little bit of the dead thing, right? The flu virus or whatever it is. They take a little bit of the dead thing that they're they're trying to protect you from, and they mix it in with some other stuff, and they, they, they shoot it into you, right? They give you a shot, right? A little stab in the arm, whatever it is, right? And then your body, your, your immune system, is supposed to go look at that and go, hey, this looks like it could be bad. Let's figure out a way to combat this. And then it does. And so really, my understanding of vaccines up until COVID was supposed to be you're given a little bit of a dead thing that you don't want to get so your body can preemptively develop the immunity for that thing. Mm -hmm. Mark, is that your understanding? Yeah, that's what I'm understanding. But I, and the mRNA vaccine is to vaccines the way that margarine is to butter. <laughs> Which right. is not even the same thing. Right. But Molecular. it's kind of used for the same stuff. And it kind of looks the same. It's got butter in the name. It starts with, right. I, can't I can't believe it's, it's not. not. I can't believe butter. it's not, but. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which it totally was. Yeah. Um, now, I ha still have yet to receive or elect to uh, get uh, the jab, quote unquote, the COVID vaccine or vaccines, any round, zero. I've, I've, I'm, I'm a pure blood uh, as far as that is concerned. Um, it's my understanding, Mark, that you may have gotten one because, you know, you had to do some gallivanting to foreign countries and they required it. Right. So I took, as far as the mRNA vaccine, um, I took one shot. Because I wanted, I was told that essentially it would reverse some of the symptoms I was having for long COVID. Who told or you Or at that? least that, that it was a chance of that. And the answer to that is no, no, it didn't do that. Who told you um, that? Uh, you know, somebody had read up on it on the internet, a friend of mine who had long COVID. Okay. And he said that he'd gotten some relief from some of his symptoms and that it worked for him. And, you know. And you were like, you okay, I'll try it. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, any relief I was for. <laughs> All right, we'll talk more about this, plus the other remaining uh, 14 COVID conspiracy theories that turned out to be true coming up here on Free Talk Live. The telephone number is 603-283-6160. If you want to join us, more Free Talk Live is on the way. Eleutheromania, the insatiable desire for freedom. It's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com.
Yes, it is Free Talk Live. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in to this Saturday night edition of this nationally syndicated radio broadcast. We're also on, you know, the internet. Uh, I don't know if we're still on some satellite. We used to be on some satellite. Maybe we still, I don't know. We're, but they we're, let us onto the internet? We're, we're, yeah, they let us onto the internet, believe it or not. <laughs> uh, and so here we are. Uh, we're doing, uh, we are producing content. The Free Talk Live family is producing content seven nights a week from 7 p.m. until 10 p.m. Uh, the call-in portions of our show happen on Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. So if you want to call in and talk about whatever, I know uh, we've had uh, uh, Eric, if you're listening, uh, whenever you hear something on the show and you have a question about it, the telephone number is 603-283-6160, rather than tagging us on Twitter or whatever. Like, I know it's probably more convenient for you, but, you know, we... We do have a phone number, and you can call and ask us these questions. So uh, I, 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 I propose that that be your first thing you do. If you hear something on the show and you're like, hey, I wonder about that, give us a call on Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, uh, and you know, we'll, we'll talk to you. So, nice. There you go. Uh, in the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. Beakless Mountaineer. And Mark Edge. Welcome, Mark. Thank you for joining us. Uh, it's good to have you on a Saturday again. There was a point in time when, uh, you know, uh, the Saturday A-team was Ian, Mark, and then, you know, question mark. Uh, it, for a period of time, it was me, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I'm grateful for that, of course, but it's good to have you back on Saturday nights uh, for some period of time uh, as we rotate through hosts and, and that kind of a thing. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll continue to, to include you, of course. Uh, and I know that uh, the feedback that I've had, at least from the callers, is, oh, wow, Mark's back. Thanks. That's awesome. So you're obviously a valued part. And as the <laughs> and number... once I get to agree with the callers. And as, like, <laughs> you know, the I, I don't want to call you the number two founder, but you're one of two founders of this show. Like, uh, you know, it was a little conspicuous that, that you were missing for some period of time. I know you have a life and, you know, you're trying to do things and, How dare uh, you? you know, find freedom in, in ways that other people uh, aren't trying to do. So I respect you for that. But I'm also glad that you can make yourself available uh, for this program. So, uh, well, I'm and I'm glad to be here. This uh, Saturday night's always been my favorite night. Yeah. Uh, well, it's only because, you know, I took over your Sunday. <laughs> and I'm glad you did that. <laughs> We're still trying to have fun with it, though. So. You know, we take that part from you anyway. Uh, we've been talking about these 15 COVID conspiracy theories. I feel like that, was it, was it Mel Brooks? It's like uh, Moses walks down. Behold these 15. 15. Co- no, 10, ten commandments. commandments. Right? He, yeah. He's holding three tablets but dropped one and it shattered yeah, into dust. It's always weird that they have always two big rocks. <laughs> always two. What, God can't, like, write a little bit smaller, give him one rock? No, it's got to be two. Well, and, like, that. And they always re- look like gravestones. They do look like gravestones. They do. Whenever like, there's a what, depiction. God doesn't have a sense of style? Right. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't know what parchment is. You know? like, <laughs> they have to be engraved upon, you know, uh, headstones or something. I mean, you'd expect, like, from God, they'd at least be, like, shiny or something. But no, <laughs> no, tombstones, two of them. <laughs> uh, so number 15 was uh, of these COVID conspiracies that turned out to be true. Number 15 was COVID shots weaken the immune system, according to studies. Which... 
it seems to me that is still one of the things that is only talked about in alternative media, that this is a very different technology than what we think of as vaccines. Like, as far as I know, uh, the mainstream has never covered the fact that, like, yeah, this hasn't actually gone through testing. We had to, like, rush this through, and if there had been anything that was recognized to treat COVID, we would legally not have been allowed to rush this through without proper testing. Well, I know that people, I mean, no doubt people wanted something that was called a vaccine mm-hmm. for COVID. Yep. And, you know, did I mean, they considering, like, considering or, or the they pe- told? No, they did. They or really they did. Told well, that I, they think wanted people, this. I think people, A, wanted to feel safe, and B, wanted this to be over. Like, and that's what the promise did, of the vaccine was. Did anybody really want Tesla's Cybertruck? Or were they told that they wanted Tesla's Cybertruck? Oh, I love Tesla's Cybertruck. But these people were getting shots in a parking lot, right? I mean, they were driving <laughs> yeah, up true. from somebody they didn't know and getting a shot. Yeah, they, they had, wanted it. They had really military. Bad. They had U.S. military manning these tents where you could, like, you know, drive, please drive through and get your COVID shot. Nothing suspicious about the U.S. military <laughs> injecting people with things. <laughs> Nothing to worry about there. All right, so let's move on. Number 14, ivermectin. Uh, so we talked Which a lot. brings me back exactly to what I was talking about with if, it had, if there had been anything that was accepted as a way of treating COVID, then they could not have rushed these so-called vaccines through. Right, so they had to demonize ivermectin. Right. Uh, or as uh, anyone listening to the mainstream media would call it, horsey rumor, mm-hmm. right? Because that's what the media immediately told everybody that it was. Yep, horse paste. Can't tell anyone that it's cat paste. Uh, we have to have the exact same wording out of every outlet. Ivermectin worked. Peer-reviewed studies find 74% reduction in excess deaths. Uh, we talked about ivermectin until we were blue in the face here on Free Talk Live. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think we got uh, ixnade from the Utube yay uh, right. as a it. result yeah, of that it. Was, and that was one of those extreme censorships where if you mentioned the word on your YouTube video, they would not suggest you to anyone. Right. Yeah. You were uh, shadow banned, effectively. Yeah. Yeah. And we would, like, I remember one time, one of our episodes, we got uh, a ban and it was, we weren't even giving medical, we weren't giving medical advice. We just said some words like virus, COVID-19, ivermectin, you know, things like that. And we, we read news articles. I mean, there's, you know, doctors that are claiming ivermectin's a good choice and, uh, you know, for this and, and things like that. And, yeah, they just, they ban the hell out of us. They're like, screw you guys. You're not going anywhere. Yeah. To yeah. this day, when people talk about this, they will avoid using words like coronavirus. They'll be yes. like cerveza sickness or something like that to even, t- you know, that thing that happened in March of 2020. Like they will not mention this directly because they know they're going to get shadow banned. Like that's the level of censorship that still exists on this subject. Yeah. Uh, number 13. The unvaccinated were scapegoated for the failure of COVID vaccines. I mean, yeah, there was hatred, vitriol, threats against people. There were popular figures in the media calling for people who didn't get the shot to be murdered. Yeah. 
Yeah, my favorite phrase was, this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Right. So (laughs) you are literally calling us an illness. It's not a pandemic carried by unvaccinated. No, no, no. It's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. I think it was, uh, who's that actor guy, the muscle muscle guy? It was in a bunch of bunch of movies. Uh, I need your clothes. Yeah, that guy. Uh, he was like, screw your freedom. Get the jab. Yeah. Yeah. Like, screw you, pal. Well, Howard Stern was the same way. Yeah. Well, and Dee Schneider, of all people, too. Like, when I was growing up, one of my, my heroes, as far as musical uh, stuff is going on, because him and Frank Zappa and I can't remember, a couple other musicians, they got together to fight the PMRC in the, the early 80s. The PMRC was Tipper Gore's uh, method of censoring rock and roll and heavy metal music because they went on this, literally, they put together, like almost like a rock show, they put together a tour, several tours, different, slightly different labels of these tours, where they would go around to churches and high schools and middle schools, and they would preach that heavy metal makes your children suicidal. And that if your children are thinking of suicide, if they've tried suicide, if they're cutting themselves, it's because they're listening to, like, ACDC and Twisted Sister and, you know, all these types of bands. And, like, Dee Snyder, uh, with some help from Frank Zappa and a few other people, like, went in front of Congress and was like, hey, screw you, pal. You know, this is art, right? Perhaps you should be looking at the parenting of these children rather than trying to scapegoat rock and roll music for your failures as parents, right? But the same you mean dude place the blame on our voting base. Yeah, the same dude. Then, like when COVID kicked in, was like, "No, screw you guys. If you don't get vaccinated, screw you. You should be dead." Yeah, and I'm like, "Well, screw you, D. Snyder. Yeah, you, you freaking flip flopper." Yeah, every single punk band and every one of the like counterculture icons going, "You must do uh, exactly what the government tells you to." I can't even tell you my. Uh, I, I don't want to use the word hate. Like, I don't hate any, uh, any, but like rock and roll, punk rock, heavy metal, like these genres are supposed to be anti-establishment, uh, anti the man. They're supposed to like, you know, stand up when others don't. They're supposed to just be rebellious just for the sake of being rebellious and not a freaking one of them, not a freaking one of them stood up, not a one. So, like, my my disappointment at the entirety of rock and roll, that includes punk rock, heavy metal, hard rock, whatever, uh, is is enormous. And there was only a couple of people, uh, Eric Clapton, uh, and who was the guy who did uh, Brown Eyed Girl? Oh, uh, Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison. They were, like, the only outspoken oh, ones. And uh, uh, one of the Pink Floyd guys. Oh yeah, it's not uh, Jim Morrison, Roger Waters. Yeah. Oh, sorry, wrong Morrison, not Jim Morrison. Not Jim yeah, Morrison. The other one. Uh, Van Morrison. Van, Van Morrison. Morrison yes. That's it. So Van Morrison, uh, Roger Waters, uh, Eric Clapton, in that order, right? Were the most outspoken. Van Morrison being the most outspoken, mm-hmm. he in fact put out songs that were like, "Hey, screw this lockdown" and stuff like that. Right? I don't remember the exact lyrics, but like he came out and was like, "No, no, no, this is wrong at a fundamental level, and it needs to stop now." It didn't come from D. Snyder of Twisted Sister. It didn't come from Dave Mustaine of Megadeth. It didn't come from uh, Green Day. It didn't come from you know any of these supposedly uh, rebellious genres of yeah, art. Jello Biafra, who's yeah. you know a punk rocker who's now in politics, telling you to do what the Empire tells you to. 
Right. And yeah. Well, Jello Briafra was always a punk rocker in politics, yeah. telling you to do what the government tells you to do. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. I, yeah, fair enough. I'm familiar but, with that. But I remember music. when, like, Rage Against the Machine publicly sure. stated that you must <laughs> obey the machine. It's like, wow. <laughs> That's funny stuff. Rage on behalf of the machine. Exactly. Right. All right. So uh, let's move along. Um, number 12. Mask wearers paradoxically had an increased risk of contracting COVID. It's not paradoxical. <laughs> right. It's, it is if you were thinking to yourself that, uh, well, the media tells me I should wear a mask and that will somehow help me. So I'm going to wear a mask. It's paradoxical if that's your belief, mm. if you believed the mainstream media. Uh, yeah, and I don't think masks necessarily caused you to get COVID. It's possible. I mean, I, I haven't seen any, I haven't done any studies oh, on they this defi- or anything. They absolutely increased your chances of getting COVID. And so? fun fact, they everyone didn't cause else. it. They did increase the yeah, risk. Yeah. yeah. So, so here's here's what happens when you when you go about your life wearing a mask. You have a dark, warm, moist environment directly in front of your breathing apparatus all the time. So you have the ideal circumstances to grow bacteria. Right. It's like putting a Petri dish in front of your face. Right. Right. So you are constantly walking around with this Petri dish in front of your face. You are breathing in more bacteria than your body is built for. So your immune system is already occupied if you get exposed to COVID. Now, that's just on one one part of this. There's also the fact, and I, I get that this wasn't common knowledge at the time, but the the system the the nervous system switches over into the rest and digest side of it the the parasympathetic nervous system fully activates only when you see a human face that is not freaked out because humans have a uh, binocular vision that points in one direction which means we don't know what's behind us so our body has to always be a except for bit- some of our moms <laughs> right <laughs> So our body has to always be a little bit ready to run away from a tiger unless we can see someone else and they literally have our back. We can see a human face. We know that it's not freaked out and our body goes, okay, spend the rest of your resources on repairing your organs. Now, I know that's not common knowledge, but that's still the fact. So you were you were actively harming everyone by withdrawing your face from their nervous system. Uh, this particular list uh, doesn't mention uh, this thing that I'm, I'm going to talk about here for a second as a conspiracy theory. But one of the things that just, I don't know, like made me feel like I was I had traveled to another dimension somehow that like I was me, but I, you know, walked through a, a portal to another universe was those little freaking arrows at all the stores. Right. Oh yeah. God. Yep. The, like somehow we were going to be saved by walking up and down, uh, you know, the aisles I, in the same well, direction. Well, this is what, this is the only way to maintain social distancing is what it is. Otherwise right. you and have so, people going in opposite directions in the same aisle. They'd have to pass each other. And we find out that social distancing was just some arbitrary number that that kind of <laughs> arose on its own. Yeah, I, I think this list might mention that. 
Uh, but let's move on well, to. Well, no, hold, hold on. Yep, I, okay. I wanted to uh, just touch on one more sure. thing with the uh, with the mask wearing, and that's the psychological element. So, uh, and two things of it. Like one, there's a thing called priming. So, like if you're in an, an environment that's like got some potted plants you'll have a nice neutral prime and if it's got like a bunch of guns then you'll have like a more violent prime so mm-hmm. like uh, you'll answer these you know uh, multiple choice questions with a little bit more like fear in you a little bit more like on edge you know the priming so like if you give someone these social cues they will already be ready for that kind of a thing so when you have people walking around with these like we're in a pandemic signs which is exactly what they are right because we know that's not normal that's not american culture like maybe they do that in china but that's not what we do so you have this constant reminder that the world is dangerous so that puts you in a in a system of stress right and we know very well that that causes illness and and also like even if they did not literally uh, make it harder to breathe like let's let's let, I'll give you that. Maybe they didn't, but they sure felt like it was harder to breathe. Oh yeah. And if you put a person in that circumstance, then they're going to be a little freaked out and it's going to stress them out and reduce their immune function. I took quite a bit of pride in uh saying that I never put the mask on as a result of the mandates, social pressure, uh store policy whatever it was right like uh i would go into places you didn't have to fly i i would i I did not fly during during this period of time it's true i did not uh but i did go into places like home depot for example where there would be somebody a greeter kind of like walmart you know has a person they'd have a person standing there handing out masks as you walk in if they saw you without one like if you had one they'd just be like hello welcome to home depot but if you didn't have one, they'd be like, oh, here, sir, have a mask, right? Uh, and I'd just be like, no, thanks, grab my cart and continue on, right? And nothing ever happened to me, but, like, that's what I had to do. You had to actually stand up for yourself and be like, no, thanks, and continue on your way with, you know, uh, confidence, with authority. If you were sheepish at all, mm-hmm. they would follow you and be like, no, sir, here, here, here. Like, I saw it happen to other people, but I look like me, right? a bald, big beard, you know, sort of a burly-looking dude. Like, people were reluctant to chase me around any given store, right, just based on their uh, opinion of my uh, physical appearance, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, not because I'm, like, any sort of dangerous person or I'm going to, like, you know, punch him out or something like that. But you look like you might be. But I look like I might be one of those, right? So they're like, you know, so, like, I had that as a benefit, but I did see them do all of this kind of thing. But I had to stand up for myself and be like, no thanks, and just move along confidently uh, about my day. And, like, I even remember being in a grocery store, like, going the wrong way down an aisle, right, not following the little arrows or whatever. I remember some guy and his wife, like, after I passed them by, the guy goes, that guy's not even wearing a mask, and he's going the wrong way. He's going to kill everybody. And I remember just being so upset. I, like, what I wanted to do was turn around and be like, hey, man, you haven't done your research, have you? Instead, what happened is I turned around and said, Hey, why don't you come over here and say that to my face, MRFer? Right? Like, because I was upset, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like I wanted to turn around and be, like, peaceful and, like, 
you know, like uh, factual and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But uh, the way he said it and the way he did, like, behind, he was hiding behind his wife as he turned the corner mm-hmm. while saying this kind of stuff. It just pissed me off. I oh, was yeah, like, I mean, that, that was one of the biggest effects of the whole mask thing is that it divided everyone into camps. Right. So, right. I mean, it, it was absolutely. It was practically and this is how politics as, like, works. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was practically the same as jerseys at a football game. Like, you know exactly which camp someone's in on whether or not they have a human face. So sad. Uh, all right. Uh, moving along. Number 11. Natural immunity proves to be seven times more protective than vaccinated immunity. Right. And they really wanted you to believe that their little shot was somehow, you know, the only way that you could be saved from the pandemic that wasn't, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, Mark, you and I got, uh, we'll call it COVID-1 at about the same time. Right. And And I'm not here to say COVID isn't real. Right. Because that's what a lot of people who are listening to this that are, they get a, I I can't believe these guys, they don't think COVID's real. No. Hey, whoa, COVID's real. The reaction to COVID was the real problem. Right. And nobody wants to sit down and go over the, um, you know, the, the CDC's, uh, um, deaths and, you know, look at the excess death charts or anything like that. Nobody wants, they just want you to believe the stuff that has been disproven. Now, uh, when, when COVID was kicking in, uh, I was trying to close on my house. I was buying a house. And uh, I don't think I've talked about this until until now, at least on the radio. Anyway, I've talked about it probably outside of the radio, but I'll talk about it on the radio because it's it's important. Um, I had to schedule multiple inspections because I was buying a, a two family home and the current tenants couldn't agree on one day. So in other words, uh, one of the tenants or both of them didn't want the inspector coming from apartment A. Right. And inspecting that and then immediately coming into apartment B Mm. because they were scared. They were afraid of getting covid from their upstairs or downstairs neighbor. So as it turns out. And so I had to get, you know, okay, two different inspections. I had to have the insurance agent come out two different times. Right. There was we weren't even masking at this point. Uh, No one was recommending anything other than these latex gloves. These black late or blue latex, like the uh, the the paramedics wear or the mechanics wear, mm-hmm. like we wore those going to see the property and during the inspections and and things like that. No one wore a freaking mask, like no one even thought about wearing a mask. But they were all like, "Yes, please wear these gloves and dispose of them after you leave apartment well, A and you go into apartment and- B." Remember when we were like washing bags of Doritos and right. leaving your uh, sodas and beer out in the garage for three weeks to, I don't know, decompress or whatever? Yes, I do remember all well, of that. It's crazy. And I'm sorry to keep coming back to masks. Yeah. But okay, so this is not an airborne disease. This is something that requires a well, little bit of, of some physical contact. Right. Physical contact in order to exist. So which is going to be easier? For you to futz with your mask for the 50 millionth time today, and this happens to be the one where you happen to put your hand on a thing that actually had some of this, so now you have this just hanging out right in front of your breathing apparatus, and I'm sorry, uh, a mask is not going to keep viruses out. So uh, getting back to uh, the point of number 11, natural immunity, um, so I had it pretty early. I had it well before 
anybody had manufactured, much less distributed or offered anything labeled vaccine for this thing. Right. And so, I mean, I, I'd like to think that if I hadn't got it, that I would still have been anti-COVID uh, vaccine because of the fact that it was that it was mRNA, that it's a, a it, not a vaccine in the traditional sense, as we described earlier in this program. Uh, that it was some experimental gene therapy, which is a more accurate description. I'd like to think that I still would have been against it, but the fact is, I had it. And so I had it, I got over it, and I was like, why on earth would I put something in my body that is this new, this experimental, uh, when I've already had it and gotten over it? I will take my chances with Mother Nature. Thank you very much. 603-283-6160. If you want to comment on any of this or even bring up your thoughts, it's Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on, joined the Free State Project, and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. I don't know why. Recently, I've taken to just singing the last number in, in each of those, you know, three, three, and four number sequences. I, I don't know. It's the telephone number. Free talk left. Six zero three two eight three six one six zero. Right? You know, I I don't know why, but yeah. If you want to call, talk about whatever's on your mind. Uh, talk about what we've been talking about or change the subject. It's up to you. It's Free Talk Live. In the studio, it's myself, the captain. And Peakless Mountaineer. And joining us via remote, Mark Edge. Very nice. Uh, before we go on, Free Talk Live is brought to you by ForkFest, happening June 13th through the 16th at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. ForkFest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival. ForkFest is decentralized, so there's no ticket cost, and no one is in charge. For more information and to connect with other attendees, you can visit the unofficial website, ForkFest.Party. That's ForkFest.Party. And also, before we go on, I wanted to mention, uh, I have been able to communicate occasionally with Ari Demetza, who Mm. is is serving some some time in in the federal penitentiary. Or, or whatever you want to call for it. For the awful crime of letting people spend their own money as they please. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and she seems to believe, according to her and her attorneys, that she will be out 
uh, by the end of May of this year. And uh, she intends to attend uh, the fest, Fork Fest, and then, of course, Pork Fest following that, uh, and participate uh, as you know as she has in previous years. So uh, it sounds like her uh, she's planning on returning to the show, which is good for us, uh, and that she will be at the fests as well, uh, helping us you know do segments and you know round up uh, people to talk and all that kind of stuff. So we look forward to that. Uh, because we are a live call in talk radio program, we should probably go to the phones. Let's go to this unscreened caller. What's your name, please? Hello, this is uh, Eric, who was summoned. Hey, Eric. Uh, which Eric are you? Uh, you don't I'm have Eric to sit. Grand Rapids, first time caller, actually. Okay, all right. So uh, there was an Eric who had uh, who had tweeted uh, at us uh, specifically about something that happened on the show, and my response was, uh, you know, "Hey, here's the phone number." I don't know if that was you or not. Was it? Uh, no, that was not actually me, but okay. I was just driving around in the Michigan winter and suddenly heard my name. And... You're like, I must call. I heard my name. I've been summoned. Like, calling. all right, if you want me to call in, what did you want to talk about? <laughs> well, welcome to the show, Eric. You're on the air, of course. What's on your mind? Well, thank you. Um, I have a myriad of things that I could uh, talk about. Pick I've one. I've been listening for a long time, but uh, tonight I'd like to stay on topic and offer uh, a conspiracy theory of my own regarding COVID. Ooh, right. Or as I like to call them, spoilers. There you go. Uh, I had a theory, because I I think of these things for fun from time to time, that uh, the reaction to COVID-19 in regards to the face masking requirements was actually uh, a ploy to use facial recognition software to build a database of the non-compliant. Wait, wait, wait. This makes sense if they're only targeting the unmasked. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Um, basically, uh, the kind of people that would say, no, we will not comply or your orders make no sense. The people who stood up for themselves and did not wear the masks as they were told to uh, would could then be identified and uh, put into a database of facial recognition in order to uh, future target them uh, for, say, retaliation in uh you know, whatever civil disobedience that might come up in the future. Sure, which there was plenty of, at least uh, around in New Hampshire parts anyway. Uh, And I know other states, too, had their own, you know, uh, protests and things of that nature against uh, masking the lockdowns, the whole nine yards. Um, What's interesting to me, Eric, and I I agree that this is a a conspiracy theory. Um, What's interesting to me is that it is the... I'm going to call it the negative, right? If you're familiar, I don't know how old you are. If you're familiar with like photography, right? You'll get a negative, Mm -hmm. which is the opposite of what you really want to see. Uh, This conspiracy theory is sort of the negative of what society was up until this point. For example, if I ever prior to to COVID, right? What year was COVID? 2021? No, March 2020. 2020. All right. So prior to March 2020, uh, if I wore any kind of facial covering into my local bank, right. <laughs> what would happen to me? Right, there are going to be like security be cops. I'd be security. Yeah, guy, like yes. I wouldn't be able to take care of my business unless, of course. I mean, there are some exceptions. Maybe it's winter time and it's you know twelve below zero and a blizzard out. You walk into the bank with your like ski mask on, but you take it off immediately because you know you're in a bank. And so, like, but like, 
outside of those exceptions, wearing any kind of facial covering into anything that resembled a bank, uh, any like a gun shop, right? Any of these kinds of things would get you immediately escorted out by either security or the police. Um, and so now all of a sudden, like, they're like, no, it's fine. <laughs> I was frankly amazed I didn't hear about an uptick in bank robberies because of the requirement. Right. What did the suspect look like? Well, he was wearing well, a uh, medical mask. So there there <laughs> was an uptick in robberies. It just wasn't reported on. I mean, yeah, no, that it was sense. exactly as you would expect. A lot of people were using this sudden ability to walk around without a face to rob people. Well, the meanwhile, the largest robbery was really going on, which is uh, the government funding of these uh, supposed vaccines mm-hmm. to people like Pfizer well, and Moderna. And the period of time of the largest transfer of wealth from the poor and middle classes to the upper class. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know whether that was all part of the plan. I'm not going to claim that that's the case, but that's what happened. They certainly took advantage of the situation. In that it's respect. almost as yeah. if they were ready for it. Well, yes. Yeah, and I mean, like, it, it very, it very may, uh, well may be that uh, part of what they were getting out of this is exactly what Eric was saying about, hey, we've gotten enough faces on our database and our facial recognition has gotten good enough that we'd like to have just sort of a, like, base case list of all of our dissidents. So that was definitely one of the advantages. But there is something to be said just for the pure artistry of what ended up happening. On one hand... Literally, the faceless automatons are surrounding you, and also, they are wearing a mask because they are who you are being robbed on behalf of. So, like, uh, just to get back to Eric's point, um, I do this show, I know for a fact uh, many federal agents listen to this show. If they're not listening right now, they did do and will again. Uh, I'm sure they know exactly who I am and you know where I live and all that kind of stuff. So like I'm already on that list, regardless as whether right. or not, you know, I've, I walked into a bank without a mat or whatever, that kind of thing. But if I'm not, they are really not paying attention. <laughs> I suspect I'm on many. Yeah. Right? I, I suspect the same thing. Uh, however, that, that doesn't make your point, uh, any less poignant. Uh, because those people who might not have ever been outspoken, who might not ever have stood up for themselves, you know, at this point were like, hey, no, this is crap. This is BS. I'm not doing this. I'm not participating. And they would go about their day and they would be accosted and verbally assaulted by, you know, people who were buying it hook, line and sinker. Uh, and you're right. It's totally possible for a database to have been constructed of the disobedient and those people catalog. Well, and I would I would not be surprised, you know, if if things keep going the way that they tend to be going with central bank digital currency and all of that being implemented, that this ends up being part of the basis of your social credit score. That like either you yourself or even your parents were one of those unmasked people during the pandemic. Well, that's worth negative 20 points on your social credit score. So we're keeping an eye on you and we might just have to withdraw your ability to use the bus. So I I think that is definitely a part of this is they are in the process of constructing their control grid. And this was a, a an element in that. If they're not trying to make a social credit score like China, they're missing a huge opportunity, right? Like, I mean, ladies Mm -hmm. and gentlemen, think about it for a second. 
Does the government, whichever government, you you pick which government, would the government like to control you in the way that China is with its social credit score? People who, you know, speak out against the government, they get a little black mark, you get enough black marks and then you can't do this thing or that thing. I mean, think about Canada and the truckers and um, people sending money and having their bank accounts shut down and all this stuff. If that's not what they're trying to do, boy, they they're missing an opportunity. And well, I tend not to. That, uh, they say that with immigration, they want to know who's coming in. It's not far fetched to think with the people who are already here, they want to know who's here. Yeah, yeah, Indeed. and we know from uh, uh, what do we call it the the unpatriotic act that. They have definitely turned their sights inside, whereas, you know, the the alphabet agency apparatus, if you will, largely was focused outside of the United States for some period of time. Occasionally, you know, somebody would fly in and be like, oh, yeah, that guy's on our radar or whatever. You know, they follow him around or whatever, make him leave, you know, whatever it was. But like up until the Patriot Act kicked in, they really didn't turn uh, all of their largesse against the you know 300 million people in the United States, uh, but they clearly have now. And if you have any question about that, uh, go and watch Demolition Man from 1995, 90, 93, yeah. whatever it was, and and just take Talk a about look. Spoilers. Just take a uh, and, yeah, right. I, I don't and not eat, like there's a whole bunch of spoilers in that movie, but just take a look at the police uniforms in that movie. Because that was supposed to be in the future. Right. And uh, while Demolition Man has a whole bunch of great points to make, mm -hmm. uh, one of the points that they uh, inadvertently make is how much of a police state the United States has become. Yeah. The outfits, the police outfits in Demolition Man are very conservative. They're very collared shirt, very uh, Mayberry looking, right? They're all black, mm. of course, but like they're not. They're not wearing body armor and face masks and carrying around, you know, what look like uh, the AR-15s or that kind of a thing, whereas that's what we see today. Like, they didn't have bear cats. They didn't have, you know, tanks uh, allocated to them, and that, which is what we have today, right? So you can take a look at how a movie that was attempting to either forewarn or foretell in some way, shape, or form about what the police state was going to look like like got it wrong by orders of magnitude mm. by not showing the reality of what is today in their movie. Now, I don't know that they could have guessed that that's that that it would happen as quickly as it did when they made that movie. So, it's probably not even a slight on them, but it's just me pointing out to you the average listener that you could see that even at that point somebody thought, yeah, the police state is going to grow and become more corrupt. But they couldn't have predicted how far they would go. Yeah. Yeah, no one thought they'd be in body armor and bearcats. You mentioned the bearcat. Uh, it stands for what? Uh, ballistically engineered armed response counterattack truck. Uh, nobody realized that counterattack means they'll drive it into your kitchen. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, or your living room or the neighbors next door or they'll rip your front door off or they'll bash in your front window or, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and one of the things that I I tend not to think about but is really dawning on me now is the research that they've done on what people are willing to do when you give them a mask. 
When you Mm -hmm. give someone a mask to hide behind, they are capable of acts of cruelty that they are ordinarily not able to do. Well, this is evidence. Yeah, I think you're right. This is evidenced also by the internet. Right. Right. There are so many people on the internet who uh, have the gall, the balls, the chutzpah, whatever you want to call it, to uh, say things that they would never in their life say to somebody else face to face. Right. Because you might get punched for saying that if you had, like, a physical face near the person you were talking to. Right. But because you have this, we'll call it a mask, because you're hiding behind the keyboard on a network, you know, located Lord knows where from, you know, the person you're arguing with or whatever, uh, it gives you this sort of sense of security that you can speak in a way that might get you punched in a face-to-face situation without fear of that repercussion. Mm-hmm. And no during identity that, is no accountability. Right. Yeah, yeah. And during that period of time, you had both. You had both being, you know, safely behind a keyboard, and you had the physical act of putting on a mask so that you can trigger yourself to know no one can see my face. I am not responsible for my actions. I will not be held accountable for what I'm about to do when I say, you know, all these people who don't have vaccines really shouldn't be allowed to have any medical treatment. They should really just die in the streets. Yeah. Eric? And they were saying that. Out there. <laughs> well, if I'd like to give you a little parting thought, something I came up with a little while ago that uh, seems apropos. Sure. Uh, government is the idea that evil is necessary, but good requires a permit. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty uh, great. I Eric, thank you so much for the call, man. We appreciate you. Have a great night. Uh, 603-283-6160. Mark, did you have anything to add there? Yeah, I, I'm just listening to you guys. I think it's uh, good stuff. All right, so uh, moving right along, uh, let's go to, I think we're at, uh, we were at 11, so 10. No, we already talked about ivermectin. Uh, number nine, hospitals murdered COVID patients. The more they killed, the more money they made. I can't tell you. We went over this number by number. Uh, I remember uh, we had uh, one of our co-hosts who's uh, very good with numbers uh, was talking about these numbers and how, like, they're making money by just sort of letting people die. Yeah. And again, I can't think of a single mainstream news source that covered this angle. Not one. This was only the alternative media that went into like, and I get it, you know, we're kind of libertarian. So a lot of us know things like Austrian economics and this idea that incentives matter. When you reward one behavior and punish another, you're going to get more of the one and less of the other. So, yeah, when you pay them more money for having more people put on defibrillators, you're going to have more people put on defibrillators. When you give them more money for having people die, what do you think that's going to do to their actions? What I, I mean, this is this one is news to me, I've got to say. What really? um, happened that the hospitals were actually killing people? Now, I get that they sort of accidentally put... Um, you know, the, I don't know, moved people with COVID from into nursing homes and things like that. Oh yeah. The New York thing. 
Uh, no, this just, is this is a different one. No, the, it was uh, part of the spending, which I, you know, I can't really blame you for not knowing what was in that bill because there was an unbelievable amount of wacky spending in that bill. But part of it was this, where yeah, for every hospital that was treating a patient with COVID, you got this amount of money. For every hospital that put someone on a respirator with covid they got another like you know 10 20 40 i forget what thousand yeah, dollars between five and ten thousand dollars per person was the most uh, reported on number right so for every person that they put on a respirator they get another ten thousand dollars or whatever it was and for everyone who died in the hospital with covid that was treated they got more money they were treating people for COVID who didn't even have it as well. Oh, sure. I mean, you know, that. <laughs> and how many people were reported to have COVID that died of something different and, you know, all, all that stuff? And sure, he was beheaded, but that wouldn't have happened if he hadn't had COVID. And later on, just to, you know, sort of drive this point home even more, later on, we found out that the flu quite literally disappeared. Hmm. Like, there were no flu deaths during the year one and two of COVID. Yeah. Yeah, we really not get, never got a good explanation for that. I, I saw a couple of shots at it, things like, well, we think that perhaps the COVID virus has somehow taken, uh, you know, just taken the battlefield from the flu virus. But then why did it come back? Right. Yeah. The, well, those are the two theories that I know of is one that, well, it just it filled the niche in nature that was filled by the flu virus. Or there's the obvious one that I put forward that they just called the flu COVID because they were paid to do so. And yeah. they were allowed and encouraged to do so. Like once you've reached the point where like all of the flu symptoms are categorically what you consider COVID symptoms, and you don't require a, a even a positive test for what little that means, and you don't require something like the loss of taste, right? which for me is just the defining line here. That was what was absolutely novel about this, was number one, people lost their sense of taste. Like right. smell, sure, you get stuffed up. And number two, it wasn't killing kids. Like, those were the two really strange things about this particular virus. But those, you know, the, yeah. fact, that it, the fact that it took your, tens, your sense of taste away wasn't required for you to call it COVID just based on the symptoms. Yeah, they were treating anybody with any mm, COVID-like symptoms, right? That is the common cold, the flu, uh, you know, bronchitis, uh, sinus infection, right? These types of things. Uh, they were treating everybody. As if they had the COVID mm -hmm. and then putting them on the respirators, whether they needed it or not. And that had some very bad effects for some people, including some people dying. As I understand it. And yeah, it, it ended up that when we looked back on it, there were no cases of the flu. Yeah, like because you were a allowed to and be literally given more money. For saying that if you had the sniffles, you had COVID. So it just turned out that literally no one got classified as having the flu that year. Yeah. Which is telling. Yeah. Very telling. Uh, does that answer your question, Mark? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, moving on to number eight. Uh, newfound, well, not so new anymore. Newfound emails prove 
that this says the Biden White House. I'm just going to say the White House because this started with Trump and it carried over into Biden. Yeah, it's not like uh, Trump deserves a pass on this. And no, absolutely you know, and, not. Right. Uh, you know the the idea that we're carrying water for the Republicans on this show just isn't fair. <laughs> <laughs> no, totally isn't. Uh, newfound emails prove the White House hid COVID nineteen vaccine harms from the public. That is to say that the White House knew that the truth was not being published about their trials, that there were side effects, there were potential harms that could come from these vaccines, and the White House is like, no, nah, we'll just we'll just shuffle that under the rug over here. Yep. We'll, we'll put it over there in the corner with, with Hunter's cocaine where nobody could ever find it. 603-283-6160. Were you harmed by the COVID vaccine? Give us a call. Let us know. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury. Anyone with one Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the Dash masternodes. The masternodes vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by that treasury. Nowadays, DAOs are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org. Yes, welcome back. It is Free Talk Live. If you are a first-time listener, you can find out all about us over at freetalklive.com. We're a live call-in radio program where you can talk about whatever's on your mind. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. And Peakless Mountaineer. And joining us remotely, Mark Edge. Uh, Before we go on, Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency made for spending. Dash transactions are irreversible, so Dash is great for merchants, too. Plus, its network is protected from 51% attacks by its chain locks technology. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month for this sponsorship. It's easy to get and easy to use Dash. You can learn more at dash.org. That's dash.org. Uh, I, in fact, used some dash to buy uh, some friends of mine a housewarming gift uh you know for the home depot because you know when you when you buy a house you're gonna need the home depot or some hardware store or whatever it's just gonna happen and mm-hmm. so uh, rather than like some folks are into giving like a thing 
Like, hey, here's a new, you know, I don't know, shrub for your yard, or here's some sealant for your driveway, you know, something, right? Here's who doesn't some, want a new shrub? Here's some new dishes for your pantry, or, what, or you know, that kind of thing. Like, I prefer to give gifts that allow people to sort of self-gift, mm. you know? So, like, I, if I were an uncle back well, in the in day- theory, why don't you just give people money? Well, so that's what I did, but uh-huh. like, you know, just, you know, it's a, a credit to this specific store that, that I know they're going to need, so- at any rate, that's that's how useful it was. Oh, and also it didn't cost an arm and a leg like some of these uh, other cryptocurrency transactions like Bitcoin, for example. Mm. If I'd have tried to do the same thing with Bitcoin, I'd have not only had to wait hours, but also I would have had to, at this point, had to pay uh, extraordinary fees for, you know, a small gift card as a home housewarming gift. So, But Dash was instantaneous, so yeah, those guys are awesome. Uh, at any rate, we are a live call-in program, so let's go to, I believe you said you were Matt calling from Canada, is that right? That's correct, Captain. Hey, Matt, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Okay, so um, uh, one of the other uh, major uh, uh, items that wasn't really called out on to the uh, the experts about uh, this whole COVID situation is the actual term that they were using, uh, the term pandemic. Oh. Now, uh, what is the uh, definition of the word pandemic? A, it sounds like a disease that's affecting the world. Pan, right, pan. Pan, everywhere. Everywhere. Widespread, like, everywhere. this is just from dictionary. I, I just typed it into my search engine. Uh, the first definition that came up says, noun, a widespread occurrence of an infectious disease over a whole country or the world at a particular time. Okay, right. So uh, that's pan. So pan being across mm-hmm. uh, demic. The word demic is that that comes from demographic. It, um, I would think so. No, I don't. I, I so, think okay. I think uh, demographic is uh, demos is people. Uh, I, I think it's a different uh, different origin on that one. Okay. Uh, let's so, see. But even demic uh, adjective rare or pertaining to a distinct population. Of people, ecology of or pertaining to a deem, D E M E. Oh, yeah, it is. It's people. a disease that affects all people. Yep. So, yeah, so, it is so the did, same. Did, 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 did COVID 19 affect all people? Did it affect across all demographics? <laughs> no. Uh, uh, six, six months old to 90 years old? Uh, well, no, it affected it them in so that they, not. I mean, it affected children in that they had to wear masks and, you know, totally stunt their intellectual development. Yeah, I think that that's what um, ultimately is at issue here here is is that COVID-19 was never a pandemic. It was the test for a pandemic, because I think that a lot of people believe that if nothing else, we need the government to protect us against a pandemic. And I've heard it before, Uh, you know, running a radio program that's about liberty for 20 years, you get to hear a lot of stuff. And one of the arguments when you boil it all down is, well, you know, what if we need to control, you know, we need to have passports and all this stuff, because what if we need to control how people move? And ladies and gentlemen, this is what the result was. You got to see what the result was when the government handled a pandemic, which is to say they made it factors worse than it was. Orders of magnitude. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like there, there was a solution to this problem. And it was on the community level that would have solved this from the get-go, which is 
ladies and gentlemen, if you're over the age of 65, we want you to stay in your homes. Um, you know, find somebody in your community who uh, can help you by delivering groceries. We're going to keep you in your homes. This thing's going to run its course. The rest of us are going to continue to make the world go round. You're going to stay in your houses for, say, you know, a week, uh, two weeks, a month, however long you want to stay. And then, um, you know, those of you who don't have somebody, get a hold of your local, you know, YMCA or, uh, you know, uh, with Lions Club or whatever, they'll find somebody for you. Right. And that would have solved the problem. Yeah. No, and that's the other thing, too, is, um, okay, so this was, yeah, it, it was claimed to be a public health, uh, a public health issue. Now, what mm-hmm. is, now, let's, because because words matter, what is the definition of the public? The public is a collection of individuals. Mm-hmm. So in order to have proper public health, you need individual health. So that's up to each individual. I think, you know, and and as this pandemic wore on, you know, call it what it will, um, it was quite clear that, uh, you know, most individuals uh, were not affected by any of this at all. Now, I shouldn't say that. I had my own uh, uh, COVID uh, situation. I checked all the sickness I had in February of 2020, Mm -hmm. checked off all the boxes. Okay. I had whatever it was. No smell, no taste, the, the whole bit. I checked my, it, it checked every box. Yeah. But, you know, like I say, as, you know, taking my, indi- you know, doing my individual thing, I was able to beat it and carry on with my life. I was sick for maybe two, three days. And, you know, I never missed a day of work, you know, missed a couple hockey games, but mm-hmm. I never missed a day of work. And, uh, you know, I carried on. And that's how most individuals, you know, seem to deal with it. But, you know, once you get the government involved and, and always for the, the good of the, of the public, well, individuals be damned and well, and, and then you end up with what we ended up with. Yeah, and I think it's very telling that uh, none, of the, um, uh, none of the folks who appeared on your televisions, uh, you know, the talking heads, uh, you know, the Anthony Fauci's or even the newscasters, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, any of the supposed medical personnel, anybody who was supposedly uh, talking in the interests of uh, your individual health or your collective health uh, as a people, you know, receiving a broadcast. None of them mentioned things like, hey, uh, eat some more fruits and vegetables and get some exercise and mm. maybe get out in the sunlight, get some vitamin D. Vitamin- you know, Vitamin D? How dare you talk about vitamin D? No. <laughs> right, exactly. Conspiracy theorists, I hear them. Yeah. Now, the other thing I want to mention, too, because you brought this up, Matt, um, prior to COVID-19, uh, the coronavirus, the beer flu, whatever you want to call it, prior to this, the overriding word in my mind for something like like a COVID was, you know, it's all from the movies and TV, right? It's all from like the zombie apocalypse stuff or, you know, that kind of thing. But it wasn't pandemic. It was epidemic. Right. Up until COVID-19, the overriding word in popular culture was epidemic. And so what is the difference between epidemic and pandemic? I have a uh, explanation here in front of me. I don't know if it's correct or not. It says an epidemic is a disease outbreak that is rapidly spreading in a limited region, a pandemic is an epidemic that is actively spreading to multiple regions across the globe. Right. Y'all's thoughts? 
I think that um, I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with using the term pandemic to describe what happened with COVID-19. But I like to use that as a jumping off point to discuss how COVID-19 was really a little squeak on the scale of pandemics that have come before and that we I mean, we were overreacted like America, the world overreacted and it, what did it do? It destroyed people's livelihoods. There, there will probably be no recovery for generations based on government action that was called for in many cases by a cacophonous chorus of, uh, you know, worry warts out there. Um, you know, the, the hypochondriacs and the introverts, they, they got their moment, right? And they really grabbed it and showed what kooks they are. Well, and I think that for generations, we're going to feel the effect of, I mean, our, our initial data suggests that the children that had to try and learn how to speak and think without seeing human faces are a standard deviation lower in IQ. So literally what was the cutoff point for being mentally retarded is now the average intelligence of the people who had to try to develop their brains during this, which we of course know they were the ones who were not at risk of this thing. So we're going to see for a long time the effect of that little choice. And remember making uh, stewardesses uh, force moms to put masks on two-year-olds? Yep. God. Yeah, because that's effective. Matt? Um, Yeah, no, that, uh, like I say, I can only point to to the situations, again, in my small jurisdiction up here in in northern Canada, and, and, and it was exactly the same. It didn't seem to matter. The, uh, the public health, uh, you know, the public health personnel were put on, literal, were literally put on pedestals. And, well, all they were doing, uh, getting high salaries, and all they were doing is, I don't know if, you, if um, in, in, in our jurisdictions, there was a weekly COVID update. So you had to sit, and I actually, you know, uh, agonizingly sat through a, a bunch of them just to, so I could hear exactly what they were saying. Yeah. And there was no, the other thing too, was there was no regional uniqueness to any of the treatments. It didn't right. matter where you live. You right. live in Keene, New Hampshire, New Hampshire, or if you lived in, um, I don't know, Vancouver, British Columbia, yep. or, you know, somewhere in Botswana or Argentina, it was the same thing. Right. Mask, vaccinate, six feet apart, wash your hands, et cetera, et cetera. It was the exact same thing across the globe. Yeah. Well, then I think gonna, that was... You're going to look at this in, in, a, in the same way? Yeah, it's just, that didn't make any sense either. Yeah, I think that was a big part of why they used the term and shifted from epidemic to pandemic because in an epidemic like okay all of china is doing this thing or all of the u.s is doing this thing sure but everyone on earth doing the same thing at the same time that is a pandemic so if they ever start using that word again watch out because they are instituting some form or another of global of global government 
And and another uh, a term that I think that they're going to be introducing because they like to make up new scary sounding words to sound more legitimate and more authoritative. And, and I think they'll start using the uh, public health emergency of international concern phrase. Oh, that sounds like something. Yeah, Car- of, Carlin of concern. That's correct. Of concern has been added to a lot of the end of a lot of sentences. Yeah, to exactly to. You better, you better be concerned. Yeah, it, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, gain of function research of concern. <laughs> it's like, well, wait, we've got you dead to rights on gain of function research, but it wasn't gain of function research of concern. Stop being concerned about it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Matt, final thoughts? Uh, no, that's uh, that's about it. Um, thanks a lot, guys. Keep it up, and I'll, I'll catch you next time. Hey, we appreciate your call. Thanks for listening, man. 603-283-6160. Let's go. Oh, incidentally, to- uh, public health emergency of international concern, P-H-E-I-C, fake. Ah, nice. Uh, let's go to this unscreened caller <laughs> calling. Uh, what's your name, please? You're live on the air. It's your boy. Oh, it's Screwball. <laughs> hey Mark. Hey, hey Mark. It's good to um, see you uh, express some healthy skepticism with that uh, charlatan you had on the Thursday show again. Bare arms. Uh, what do you think about his arguments? Um, I think that I think that the the Patriots, uh, and I'm going to use this broad term, are exactly what they say they are. They're patriotic. They still believe that the system underneath it all works. And I don't. I believe that government is essentially a group of gangsters that fly flags out in front of their businesses, their buildings. And as to whether or not that, um, you know, like I, I don't need an explanation as to why the uh, the government does this thing or that thing. Well, there, you know, this law or that law. And if you just find the definition of this word and UTC 47, you know, like that kind of thing, I, I don't need an explanation for that. Oh, but uh, I mean, he's just making a logical, using the law, a logical argument that uh, uh, taxation only applies to government officials, which is wrong. If you, if you just read his argument and you look at the, you actually look at the code, he's wrong. Like real quick, Skeeter, before you continue, I just want to update our listeners who may have just tuned in or they didn't listen to the Thursday night show. Uh, Bear Arms has penned a book and it is about uh, lawfully uh, avoiding taxation. And that was uh, no, no. Uh, the or at least that's what he believes his book is about. That's what he wrote it about. That is and that's the point he was trying to get across. And he's encouraging everyone, especially gullible libertarians, to uh, tax evade because a lot of his argument is based on the definition you can you can look at you can look at on the tax code it's available online right now sure like and he'll exclude important words from definitions so to fool you guys i, I don't know what he's well i don't think do he's trying to fool that. us i think that he yeah, believes he what he says and i believe that he's an extra i know i've met him and talked to him this is an extraordinarily intelligent individual certainly yes no, it's no, just that, that. the human, that. wait, 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 yeah, hold on, it's yeah. really what we're talking about right now with COVID and all kinds of things is, is that people will try really hard to come up with explanations for their worldview. And I think that, you know, he, 
he needs an explanation as to why is this thing not working. And the, and, the laws, the regulations, the codes, the policies that are written surrounding all of this can lead you down a rabbit hole from which there apparent, apparently there's no coming back from. Now, that's not to say that he's not getting results. He claims that he and some others uh, have followed his uh, thoughts on this matter, uh, what's, the, what's written in his book, and they are achieving uh, some sort of no. uh, a tax refund on the likes of which the normal person is not achieving. So there, there are claims of, of success in doing these things. However, from no. my perspective, it's, it's my belief that uh, I am a free man regardless of anybody who claims rulership over me, and you I do free. not need any paperwork. You know, it, I, I'm not free because I have the right paperwork in front of me, because I fill okay. out the right forms, because mm-hmm. I followed the right process and procedure. No, I'm free because I declare that I am free, and if you violate consent, you're in the wrong. Okay, so Mark, I've 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 already dispelled. So over the last few weeks, I've been arguing. I've been making uh, a valid argument that taxation is not theft, and you guys are all libertarians are free because one thing: the the ability to renunciate citizenship <laughs> that nullifies any argument that you are a slave. I, the U.S. is not responsible for anything outside of their borders. If everything's controlled by another government, that's not their fault. And when well, they I think that... you, and and, okay, and citizenship is an act of pure benevolence, right? And I, I can explain that first, but go ahead. Okay, so um, I think that the United States sets the United States sets itself apart in so much as it taxes people on a worldwide basis. That um, I think that other governments can make a claim that they do not treat their citizens like slaves far better than the United States, who says no matter where you make your money. You have to pay us. And I think that that is a huge glaring problem that needs to be addressed in the United States government. It's what's not true. You can renounce citizenship and not pay. uh, Sure. Of course you can renounce your citizenship. But but first you have to understand that that's an option. Right. And the public school system and the government itself doesn't explain that to you. You have to find this out by yourself vicariously making you a slave until you come of age to where you can understand this stuff. And then even if you try to renunciate your citizenship, they still force you to pay and jump through major hoops before you. Right, can I have do a friend so. of mine who renounced his citizenship and is currently being audited by the IRS because they're they're not sure if he paid everything he was supposed to pay in his exit uh, tax thing. They 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 approved it, but now they're going back and checking it again. Now yeah, I get where you're coming from, and. That's uh, look. I'm not going to give anybody's information um, here on the air is without that, having consulted with them. Go ahead, Mark. I've put them on. And um, all I uh, look, you can renounce your citizenship, and every other country you can just leave. So that puts the United States extra steps in opting out of their tax system. Now, if I were to renounce my citizenship, it's unlikely that I'd be able to return to the United States at all. Whereas if I was born a German citizen, decided I didn't like the German tax system, wanted to move to Switzerland, did so, and then I could return anytime I wanted to, um, to Germany. Now, you can't call that freedom, okay? It's not to say that you know, there's no way to achieve freedom or whatever. I'm just saying that the United States 
has a glaring difference when it comes to uh, other worlds and their tax, uh, other countries and their tax schemes. No, I'll tell you why uh, being a natural born citizen is much more fair than starting out as a foreigner. It's because you are by default given the beneficial, the beneficial gift of citizenship. The government at birth takes up your, gives you a safety net, asks nothing in return until you earn your first taxable dollar. But all governments do that. Germany does that. Great Britain does that. Canada does that. Why do why does the United States have to have a global tax system? Just because they set rules that you don't like it. The fact that they give you the the ability to renunciate and work within the system. You're you're ignoring, of course, again, Skeeter. And thanks for the call. The fact that government by existence violates consent. Well, I disagree with that part. And Skeeter's trying to trying, trying to take you know use me as a man in the middle argument here. I believe if once you know the tax scheme in a given geographic area and you choose to stay in it, then you are effectively opting into that, um, or at the very least, you're refusing to opt out of that system. And so long as there's an opt well, out, hold, hold on, I believe hold on, hold you're free. Yeah, hold on, let Mark. me let me drill down on that. Yeah. So, please. what is it that gives this group of people? the right to claim that geographical area ownership okay what is ownership mark ownership is you know whatever whatever an undisputed claim blah 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 i don't know i dispute the claim obviously okay so like i'm saying in spite of being born in the geographical region that you've claimed that you don't get to tell me what to do and you don't get to demand that I work for free. But I kind of, but you kind of do. So let's, let's, let me back, let me give you the option here um, to figure it out. So let's say I own a piece of land and I let your parents uh, come, you know, stay on the land. And so long as they pay me 10% of their wages, um, because, you know, whatever the reason might be, that's how the rent's set up. They can come stay on the land. You're born. And you never chose to be born on that particular piece of land. Your mom actually does uh, midwifery. So you're uh, born right there on my land and you grow up, you're, you know, have a good time. You're doing all your stuff. You don't know anything about anything. When you become 16 years old, you get a job. I begin to demand 10% of your wages. You're like, what? I didn't agree to this. I was born here. You and I don't have a contract. And I'm like, you're right. We don't have a contract. But if you want to stay here, you're going to have to pay the 10%. Now, am I completely within my rights to do that? No. Why not? Well, because, well, so we actually skipped the first part of the problem, which is what do you mean ownership? And it's like, well, I own this land. Okay, well, what do you mean you own this land? Well, uh, you know, we can go back and decide whether or not the United States owns land or not. But I can tell you uh, uh, control and ownership are linked. And the United States certainly has control of the polygon we know as contiguous 48. 603-283-6160. More Free Talk Live is coming up. Hour number three is next. It is Free Talk Live. 
You can find out all about us over at freetalklive.com. We are a live call-in talk radio program where you can pick up the phone and call in and talk about whatever's on your mind. You can talk about stuff we're already talking about. You can change the subject, bring up your own topic. It's up to you. That's why it's called Free Talk Live. The telephone number, 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. In the studio, it's... Beagless Mountaineer. And... Well, he's not in the studio. Oh, remotely, remotely, it joining, is Mark Edge. Joining us from another studio somewhere, it's Mark Edge. And, of course, I am your host, the Reverend Captain Kickass. We've been talking about these 15, no, 10, no, I'm sorry, 15 uh, conspiracy theories about COVID that turned out to be true. Uh, what number are we on? We're de- we're about to do number seven, but before we get there, we've got to... We got to go to the phones and take this call. Well, yep. Go I ahead. feel bad for Peakless because I he didn't get to <laughs> to respond to what I was talking about before we hit the break. Would you like Would, to give him an opportunity? You know, I I can hold on. I can hold on okay. to that thought. Great. Because okay. we we have a returning guest. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is a uh, a long time caller and long time listener, Major Payne, calling from Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey guys, how you all doing tonight? We're good. How are you, sir? Good. Good. Well, not, actually, that's just a bullface lie. I've been in the hospital for five months now. Oh, so I've been frequenting my calls. I was wondering. They got, well, yeah, they got me. Uh, oh, hell, I got cancer, dude. Oh, balls. Yeah. It's kicking my freaking, my, my, my shiny hiney. But, um. Well, we're thinking about anyway, you, man. I'm, I'm fixing to get busted out of here tomorrow. Nice. I get a week off, which is good. And uh, well, let's see where else should we go. They well, got a uh, they got a prognosis. I mean, are, you know, how bad well, is it? It's, it, it, it? It's busted into my lymph nodes, yeah. and these doctors like to drag their fucking tails. Oh, oh hey, hey, hey. Uh, I know, I know, I, got, I know. I don't. Hang on, hang on, because the dump is still rolling. We gotta hold on. Hold on. All right, uh, Major. I'm going to make an exception. I'm going to keep you on, but uh, you know, keep watch. Keep keep the, the uh, keep the language. Uh, you know, FCC appropriate, please. I know. I, I, I you know I try to do that. I, I do. But anyway, yeah. These these guys drag your tails, and luckily I just got put on the fast track here about a month and a half ago. All right. Because they like to go like three, four, five, six. I've had. Three months between one doctor visit to another at one point. I'd be dead by the time they actually got to me if I waited on their damn time schedule. It's almost as bad as Canada. All right. Well, uh, we appreciate the update, and we wish you well, of course. So what's on your mind tonight? Well, I just wanted to give you guys a heads up on uh, what's going down in the world. Kind of interested in what you guys got to say about the COVID, because I know a good bit about that, too, but... I know I can't double dip on the calls either. Well, I mean, you're live right now. If you got something to say, say it. Well, just that, uh, oh, I've got a buddy of mine named uh, Dr. Richard Orr. You guys want to take a footnote on that. He's out of Hillman, Michigan, O-R-L-E-E. And he's got a magic mix of pills. One of them he came up on his own. His name is, the name of it is uh, Grand Unified Mineral Complex. 
and you can probably find it at hillmanhealthfood.com. Okay. And, but um, let's see. Is, yeah, is the main two ingredients in this thing are two mineral complexes that basically are not found on this planet. Boron and selenium, they only come from like asteroids and whatnot. <laughs> right, I've heard of this. I guess all it, minerals it, come from asteroids. Really? Yeah. Well, the the Earth is comprised of asteroids. Oh, okay. I guess. And, um, you know, so that makes every drop of water that we are constructed of, you know, some, some comet someplace uh, dropped it off here at some point. Yeah, that is one of the strange so, things. Our uh, our star is too small to uh, smash together all of the hydrogen atoms to make most of the elements that we're used to. So, had to be well, much bigger stars that exploded a long time ago. The one, the one, the one thing he's got going, he's got this uh, guy that has his own uh, chemical manufacturing plant. Except all of this stuff is organic, genetic. And I can't remember this guy's out of Texas or Arizona, but uh, there is one ingredient that is missing in this combination, this concoction here. And if he can come up with the right damn uh, uh, mineral, this should be able to kill COVID in everybody. Really? So if I get if I get any further updates on that, I will be giving you guys a heads up post haste. Yes, please do. And uh, also take care of yourself. And, you know, I know you're in a situation. So, uh, you know, uh, as much as we love you calling in, make sure you're the priority and, uh, right. you know, all that kind of well, thing. I'm, I'm just going to be glad to get out of here and finally have a puff. I cured my old, I, I, I kept <laughs> my old man alive an extra six months with Reaper. <laughs> I kept, kept my ex wife alive an extra two years with, with, with Reaper. This is not I, medical I, I advice. Kind of, I, kind of, I, kind of still, I kind of still regret that one. Uh, well, but, you yeah. know, that's neither here nor there. You got to have mercy. In, the biggest, the biggest, I guess, the biggest thing to touch on here is if you really want to get a uh, a government grant to study something, you know, to come up with a new concoction or whatever, uh-huh. it, it has to be something that's not going to cure a damn thing because yeah. they don't want you cured. They want you on whatever pill they got going for the rest of your freaking life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, Major, thank you so much for the call. Take care of yourself and keep us updated, man. We appreciate you. Well, and he brings up something that has everything to do with this whole thing where, like, all of this pandemic stuff has everything to do with the fact that they do not want you to be healthy. Yeah, the, they uh, want you sick and on their drugs. That's the, the aim. The state-based uh, medical care, uh, people refer to this as healthcare system, right? In general, the healthcare system. I don't care what country you're in. Uh, it's not that. It is a disease management system. Right. Right. Uh, the symptom management, they want you as a subscriber. They don't want to heal you. They don't want to make you whole. They don't want to make it so that your life is free of taking injections and pills and and all this kind of thing. No, they they want you to be subscribing to their disease management system every month uh, through your health care insurance provider. And if you can't do that, then through you know some sort of state based in the U.S. It's Obamacare, whatever that's called now. But it's that type of a thing. They want you as a monthly subscriber. They don't want to cure you. 
Yeah. Is the bottom line. I, I just yeah, want to mention when everyone was so scared that well, not everyone, everyone, but half the country was so scared that Trump was going to repeal Obamacare. <laughs> yeah, and half the country was so excited that he was going to repeal Obamacare. And uh, <laughs> no, I just quickly looked up Doctor Richard or Olrey O L R E E. He has a book called Minerals and the Human Brain. Uh, it says here in the latest book, Minerals and Cerebral Spinal Fluids, Doctor Richard. Ulrey offers a new way to understand what the brain needs to function on a practical basis. Cerebral spinal fluid is the third most abundant fluid of the human body. It contains 452 different distinct entities. Uh, this lecture, I guess the lecture, uh, this lecture will be based around the minerals, vitamins, and amino acids found in the brain and the spinal cord, which control the body's immune system with concerns about brain health widespread. This presentation is timely and essential. That's from uh, 2017. Apparently. So there you go. I also wanted to award Mark Edge the oh, no. the word of the day award. What'd I get? Uh, you said uh, something about a, a cacophonous chorus. Oh, a cacophonous chorus. Yeah, yes. I do like and, that one. Uh, it's I, alliterative, too. I should is. get an alliteration award. You do get the alliteration award. You should, award, but, but I'm not. Who even uses the word cacophonous? I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not uh, authorized to give you the alliteration award, just the <laughs> word of the day. Uh, and I recognize the word cacophony. Uh, because there used to be well, a... Uh, I happen to be alliteration authorized. Oh, are you? <laughs> yeah, you can tell. Are it's, you, in the t- it's in the title right there. Are you American authorized alliterator? No, that's too much. Oh, okay. All right. Got to call AAA for that. <laughs> I live for this. AAA. <laughs> anyway, uh, cacophony. There's, there's a... Oh, man, a long time ago, I walked into a music store, and I bought this cassette tape. That's Ooh. how long ago it was. Bought this cassette tape. That's how long ago. Yeah. Uh, buy this... A metal band called Cacophony, uh-huh. and and I listened to it, and it was I didn't like it, right? But there was one song that I like in the middle of all the, you know, they like just broke down into like this severe groove with slap and pop bass, huh. and I was like, wow, that's amazing! Like right in the middle of the song, and I'm like, that's amazing. So I really dug that song. So I remember not only the word Cacophony from that, but then of course I went to my. You know, library looked up what does cacophony mean, and it means a harsh, discordant mixture of sounds, which is exactly what I heard from them. So, uh, like, their yeah. name was accurate. Yeah. So, anyway, Mark, word of the day, cacophonous. Thank you. You're welcome. No, so, thank to, you. to get back to your argument, though, so you your first problem is owning was, nature. Well, you're going to have to restate the argument. Yes, please. Okay, right. So, you were saying, you were talking about, well... What if a person is born on my land and then when and they stay there and then when they're 16 I start charging them rent basically. So our Something first effect, yeah. yeah, our first problem here is what do you mean your land because if you are claiming to own nature we have a problem. Now if you mean like oh well I I I laid down some asphalt and he keeps walking on my asphalt and you know i set up some crops here and he keeps walking over my crops like you know things where you mixed your labor with nature transforming it from something natural to something artificial well yeah then you know get off my asphalt if i don't give you permission to be walking on my stuff and if you don't it's your own asphalt (laughs) i see what you did there the um you know like somebody can claim the the problem with property ownership is is that people will work themselves uh, around it in whatever way 
I think that what is fair to say is the United States controls this polygon on the map. Whether they have a right to or not. Well, right. It really is meaningless at this point. Um, I have gold teeth in my mouth, right? Some of that gold was probably stolen at some point in the 8,000 years um, since gold was used in currency in ancient uh, Samaria, right? But I don't feel like somebody can come and take that gold out of my mouth just because there might be a claim to it. Even if they could, like, you know, show some document that says this molecule of gold is mine and I demand it. Uh, I mean, so what? This, I paid for it. I've had control of it for a period of time. At some point or another, you just have to give uh, up on your claims. But right there is the difference, Mark. Thing. Right there is the difference, right? right? So if you uh, purchase a, a piece of property, a piece of land, an acre, whatever it is, right? We'll just call it an acre. If you purchase it, that's a voluntary exchange between you and the person that you're buying it from, uh, whereas... Uh, the United States or any government on planet Earth, uh, whom did they buy their their land from? No one. In many cases, um, they were property owners that came together to set up a government. And people... Uh, well, in the United agreed. States specifically, uh, they conquered it. Some, well, some land was bought and some land was conquered. And there are, you know, a series of treaties with um, Indians and France and, um, you know, Spain. And, and of course, there's wars that went on, you know, two organizations of violence meet up. And yeah. you know, uh, so this is, this is where you're mistaken. So uh, our legal system is quite clear in the United States that because this was conquered, they cannot recognize the ownership claims of those who were conquered. And that, like, it's foundational for anyone who's learning property law, is that was one of the earliest cases that was uh, judged on. And it was, since we have conquest and the basis of our ownership and our control and our legal system is conquest, we therefore cannot, uh, we cannot say, we can't give validity to those who were conquered as the owners. Uh, For example, let's just say, uh, all of the uh, participants in the guided tour of uh, January 6th, of, uh, they're, they're in D.C., uh, if they conquered the White House, do they now own it? Well, they would likely have turned it over to Trump. That's not the question. Well, yeah, I guess they would, right? Had they conquered it and managed to hold it, because that's an important part of conquest. Well, I'm sure it's and, the holding part. And those are the two basic ways of looking at property. Either property is just a thing because I forced you and you couldn't force me back. Either yeah. that's what property is, yep. or property is a way in which we avoid forcing each other. Right. You can choose to do either of those, apparently. And, um, you know, that's. That's so just kind of the way come, it is. Now, if I come and say, well, that gold in your tooth, yep. I, I didn't own it ever, but uh, I can conquer you and then I can take your tooth out. Does that give me like proper ownership of your gold? This is why states are created and this is why people willingly give their property to create states is so because they know with enough power behind them, they can manage to hold the property that they have. You could just now, say join gangs. That's fine. It, that's fine, too. I, I don't mind those that terminology. I, I, I think a, a state is 
functionally the most successful gang in a given area. And people accept it in that way, that the difference between an organized criminal organization and a state isn't functionally that much different. Like, that's just what it is. the, The difference is the belief in legitimacy. People believe in their hearts that the United States federal government is legitimate and should not be resisted. And if any other organization in this geographical area acts in the exact same way, they should be resisted. I think that's exactly what they think. And but, you know, as well as I do, that that isn't the case. But do you I'd ask you this question? Can the mafia and you pick the one, the Cosa Nostra, right? If you want a specific name, can the Cosa Nostra own property? Hmm. That's a good question. I would say no. I'd say yes. Well, I mean, what difference does it make? Well, <laughs> like given that the, well, given that the definition of the foundation of their organizational type is the use of coercion, I would say that they have no right to any any form of ownership under any circumstance. Okay, so let's and accept if you have the ability to steal, quote unquote, any of their property at any time. You have every, a every right to do so, and B, I have no right to stop you. So let's accept your premise uh, that organ- governments and organized crime, but I repeat myself, cannot own property. Fine. Okay. Why would I, as a logical individual, why would I spend the rest of my life fighting the 99% of people that believe that they can? Why wouldn't I just say, okay, look, I'm going to, you know, forget the fact that you guys own this particular piece of land. I'm going to go find some place where I can be freer and I'm going to operate freely. Well, well freerly, right? Because we, we know, yeah. we know that there are uh, roughly 200 governments on planet earth. And we know that there's roughly zero square footage that is not claimed by one of these 200 governments. Sure, you could, I mean, right. Uh, now now we're talking well, about freer. I, I, I'd like to, uh, hold on. Hold I'd on, like I, let me respond your, to what he yeah, says. asked a question, man. Okay. Well, I know, but uh, he, right. he said a thing. I'm just saying boats, for instance, freer. Um, when you go to, say, Latin America, I've spent a lot of time in Latin America recently, um, operating as a tourist in, in Latin America, having your citizenship in one place, your residency in another place, your bank account in another place, your business in another place, like having these different jurisdictions protecting you in different ways provides a level of freedom above what you get, say, in the United States. Now, if you're a plumber and you have to work on a pipe in the United States to make your money. I understand. Yeah. Save as much money as you can as quickly as you can. Go find some place that's freer. Go sure. There, there are methods to game the, we'll call them governments, against each other so that one set of rules applies over here and doesn't apply so over here. Freedom and arbitrage is what I think of it as. That is a good uh, analogy. Like, for example, I cannot legally purchase marijuana in the state of New Hampshire. However, there are people that will go in literally any direction, go buy some, and then illegally sell it to me. It's a bit of freedom arbitrage because you can easily and cheaply get it elsewhere. Whereas here, there's a, a premium based on the risk involved in acquiring it. Right. So go back to your previous statement. Oh yeah. So um, why should you now? When you say fight, let's let's be clear. Like, do you mean like all kinds of fighting, including like rhetorically? Like, should you defend the idea of legitimate property as compared to conquest property? 
Right. Fight's just a single syllable yeah, to yeah. describe what I mean. And okay, I thank yeah, yeah. you for giving did, me the opportunity I, I to describe to check that. Yeah. Yep. Um, what I mean is what I define as giving my life to my enemy. And this is what I mean when I say that is, is that if you believe a thing and I believe a thing mm-hmm. and I spend all my time trying to convince you of that thing that I believe, and you're just never going to change your mind, I'm giving you. At some point or another, I have to just figure out uh, that I'm. it's never going to be successful. So the, everything I'm doing is just giving my life to you. And it's like the tar baby argument, you know, like you, you punch the tar baby and to hurt it, but now yeah. your arm's stuck. It's, it's the and, sunk cost thing too, right? Well, you, you spend your, your an amount of time doing a thing, you know, not necessarily reaping any results, but you do it because you think it's the right thing to do. Uh, but yet it doesn't right. actually make you any more free. Well, and the advice not to wrestle pigs. Don't wrestle a pig because at some point or another, you'll find out the pig enjoys it. <laughs> so why should you bother to uh, expound the idea of legitimate property as opposed to conquest property? And I'll tell you why. It's a good question. And definitely, you know, choose your own level of involvement. Yeah. You know, if you only want to spend five minutes in a year, you know, putting any effort into this, okay, that's what you want to put into it. If you want to devote every second of every day because it's that important, okay, good for you. But, okay, let me give you an example. Once upon a time, there was this thing that was absolutely universally uh, uh, believed in and accepted called collective punishment. So that if your cousin hurt my cousin, then I should hurt you because it's the same thing. And people kept over and over saying, no, you have to judge based on the individual. And they, they proposed this idea that even your afterlife would be determined not by your family, but by you as an individual. And sure, people didn't listen and they kept not listening but there was this little silent minority in the background that believed it and they were encouraged and then when their turn came they spent some non-zero amount of effort saying this idea and propagating it and now we believe in individual rights because god of that bless effort. those people god, god bless, bless them <laughs> god bless them <laughs> 603-283-6160 is the number if you would like to join the conversation tonight uh the final half hour of free talk live is still to come Welcome back to the final segment of this Saturday night edition of Free Talk Live. The telephone number, if you'd like to join us, is 603-283-6160. We've got a caller on hold right now. We'll get to them momentarily. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the captain. And Peakless Mountaineer. And joining us remotely, Mark Edge. Uh, Before we go on, though, I need to say thank you to Ammon Ford. Who is Ammon Ford, and why am I saying thank you? Well, Ammon Ford has taken it upon himself to visit amps.freetalklive.com, and uh, he believe it is it, he believes it's worth his time to contribute five bucks a month to the advertising, marketing, promote, and support 
program that we have going over there. It's a, a Patreon-type situation. If you want to sponsor the show and help us get on more radio stations, we're on something like 180. We could be on 200, 250, 300 radio stations. Not out of the question. It's all up to you. Visit amps.freetalklive.com. Uh, there are some perks that you get. We only ask for 5 bucks a month. You could give more. If you like the show, the hosts, the co-hosts, the callers, the perspective of freedom, liberty, peace, and prosperity that we bring, please consider becoming an amplifier over at amps.freetalklive.com. Thank you again, Ammon Ford. We appreciate you. All right. We've got some more of these uh, COVID-19 former conspiracies turned out to be con- fact uh, to get to, but first... Uh, let's go to this unscreened caller. What's your name, please? You're on the air. It's Max Abramson calling you guys in again. Hey, Max, where are you calling from? Calling from Merrimack, New Hampshire. All right. What's on your mind tonight? So um, I'm not sure if I sent you guys a press release or not, but I've announced for Congress in CD1, District 1, against Chris Pappas. In New Hampshire. Uh, that's right. All right. And, this is U.S. Uh, Congress, US right? Term. Correct. So I, I've done three terms in the House already, and I, one of the issues that I was working on was term limits, but a couple of the other issues that I'd worked on as a state rep, like in the drug war, uh, we haven't been able to get much uh, traction because almost every time someone brings in a bill or if I bring in a bill to committee, the, there's always someone there, usually the chair, who says, well, that it's there's some federal law, usually an unconstitutional federal law, mm-hmm. that says that we can't change some alcohol law or grow uh, hemp in your basement or, or you know, some health insurance issue, buying health insurance across state lines or some such thing. There's, there's always something that gets in the way at the federal level. So I've, I've worked and worked at, in the state house, and I think that we've got, uh, we've made a lot of progress in the state legislature in New Hampshire. New Hampshire, of course, is a, um, probably the freest state in the nation, one of the lowest taxes, fewest laws, no helmet laws, no seatbelt laws. Yeah, they uh, consistently partially. are number one or number two in a couple of different rankings year over year as far as personal freedoms yeah. and liberties and things of that nature. We've lost out to Alaska and Texas once in a while. On Florida occasionally in one category or another will, you know, but consistently yeah, but New Hampshire I, is there. Kind of, yeah, we kind of take home the, the gold medal most of the time. But we find that uh, some of the worst restrictions uh, and some of the worst invasions of your liberty come from the federal government. So when I was working on, obviously, bringing the troops home, that unfortunately is federal. When I was working on issues affecting the uh, farmers and, uh, sorry, the uh, fishermen issues, yeah, um, that was all federal. And uh, folks in my district were being really harmed by federal rules on federal restrictions on fishing um, pretty much consistently. I, I worked for for a lot of years and found that we were introducing a lot of house resolutions on federal issues. And even though they were issues that, that occurred entirely within our state, our congressional delegation, all four of them, they're all four Democrats, but uh, um, sometimes we had Republicans who were, you know, doing no more for us. Uh, we couldn't get back uh, state control. Um, obviously Obamacare was originally Romney care, but it's just forced on all 50 states. Right. Uh, Common Core actually came from the Bush administration. So some of it's come from, believe it or not, it's come from Republicans at the federal level. And I believe uh, we it. need to have a, yeah, we need to have a, a Liberty candidate. Well, I, uh, people tend to forget the Bush administration, how bad they were. 
Bush Sr. and right? Bush Jr. were right. The authorization for the use of military force, the USA Patriot Act, mm-hmm. yeah. the largest growth of uh, socialized medicine up to that point before Obamacare. That's true. Um, and we believe it or not, we even have a handful of uh, Republicans in the state house who are are just um, as bad as the Democrats. Democrats are are you know, clearly authoritarian nanny-staters, but we have a couple of Republicans in the state house who are real winners. But um, I feel like um, we're going about as far as we possibly can in the legislature as far as reducing spending, reducing taxes. We're not kind of starting to hit a wall on some of these issues, and we are kind of running out of flexibility, and, and we're, we're hitting up against a lot of different federal laws. Most so- of what we've accomplished at We've got constitutional carry pass. That was great. Max, um, I I have voted for you in the past in full disclosure. Um, Happy to have done so. How are you running? Are you running as a Republican or are you running as a Libertarian? And tell me why. I'm still with the Republican Liberty Caucus. Okay. Um, Certainly have had a past with the uh, LPNH, um, you know, working on ballot access. Um, actually winning major party status in my governor's race in, in 2016. That was the first time. Uh, unfortunately, it's been the only time in about the last 30 years that we've gotten ballot access. Yeah. Um, I have worked on ballot access legislation, but I think I think that uh, right now the Republican Liberty Caucus is the way to go. That's where constitutional conservatives and libertarians run for office, usually for legislature, under the Republican ballot line. Uh, because most of the Republican voters generally tend to agree with us on on less government, more freedom, even though you might be going up against an establishment uh, Republican who's not for less government or more freedom. Um, yeah, I will say that, for his political donors. Yeah, I will say the Republican Party in the state of New Hampshire is unlike the Republican Party elsewhere. Yeah, it, well, there there are a few other states. Um, and when I got involved in state politics in my home state of Washington, um, we found quite a few individuals who were very libertarian leaning uh, Republicans, uh, but in general, I've 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 found that the New Hampshire GOP is much much better than you know the Democrats and Republicans in other states. Yeah. Nevertheless, at the federal level, um, we kind of have to have a you know another Ron Paul. We have to have another voice for liberty. I'll um, say as uh, somebody who no longer lives in New Hampshire, the Democratic Party in New Hampshire is better on liberty issues than the Democratic Party else is elsewhere, too. Really? Well, they kind of have to be by default because, well, the Republican Party is so uh, so libertarian leaning compared to other states as well that they are more liberty leaning than the Republican Party in other states. Well, the uh, New Hampshire Liberty Alliance actually looked at the the scores the actual voting records of legislators just based on their floor votes, not so much committee work and whatnot, but the Democrats were between 13% and 33% scores. And the Republicans ranged anywhere from 41% to 100%. So we have a, we have quite a few a reps, you know, really solid, you know, pretty much anyone 80% or better. I'm pretty much fine with, Um, but, but other than what was it? Chuck weed and, Joel Winters, we really haven't had a lot of good, solid uh, pro-liberty Democrats. I just have to, I just have to laugh at like Weed running for anything. (laughs) Vote for Weed. I know for Weed is a vote. I know it's, I know it's not even spelled that way, but like it's pronounced that way, and that makes it funny. 
So um, is yeah, this you, your official announcement? Have you filed, Max? Are you going to, like, uh, when, when, when's the election for you? I'm curious. So we filed um, through the FEC's website. I did my official uh, kickoff event at the end of December. Um, today was the first time that a lot of Republicans found that I was running because I haven't um, haven't done a big press release yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just wanted to let the Free Talk Live listeners know that we now have the campaign up and running. I did do a, a speech at the Republican annual meeting breakfast this morning. Um, also uh, had a table going and some campaign materials out and uh, uh, got some private citizen endorsements and uh, looking to pick up some legislative endorsements going forward. Nice. Where can folks find out more about you and your campaign? Do you have a website, Roland? Do you have a campaign uh, site or anything like that? Believe it or not, I'm using the my old Facebook page because it's easiest to update, put photos up there. Um, and that's just facebook.com slash rep Max Abramson. And we'll be putting up a website uh, pretty soon when we've got something that looks uh, you know, professional and good and has a, a donation link. Excellent. Before that, you can just use some URL you've got, you know, uh, Max for Congress or whatever you, you, you can manage to get, and you can point it at the Facebook page. That's true. Yeah, that's also, that, that's also a good uh, um, opportunity. I think that uh, um, the district is small enough, and I'm well-known enough in, in CD1 to, uh, you know, use kind of traditional Oh, I think uh, you could, could make like it. I'm just, and... I'm going to send some money to your campaign. And I need a sort of a website to do so. Um, so that's kind of what I, where I'm at. I've also got a Bitcoin link. I'll, I'll post that for uh, those who want to donate uh, using either Bitcoin, Doggycoin, Litecoin, um, Ethereum. I've got a couple of different accounts. Um, and, of course, PayPal. Awesome. All right. Hey, thanks for the call, Max. Keep us updated. Let us know how it goes. Uh, 603-283-6160 if you'd like to join us. I'd like to just... Uh, since we're towards the end of the show, we've got six more of these things. I'd like to just read through the six things, and then Mark and Peakless and myself will sort of pick whichever one piqued our interest the most. And, All right. Let's and get talk through about it, them. Yeah. Uh, Number six, nearly one in three COVID vaccine recipients suffered neurological side effects. Uh, that is now fact, previously conspiracy theory, according to mainstream media. Number five, research finds heart anomalies within 48 hours after the COVID-19 shot. Number four, Pfizer hid nearly 80% of COVID-19 vaccine trial deaths from regulators in order to qualify for the emergency use authorization. Number three, perverse brainwashing techniques were thoroughly studied to get you jabbed. Number two... The Pfizer COVID-19, quote, vaccine, unquote, injected into billions of arms was not the same one used in Pfizer's clinical trials, meaning there was a bait and switch. And number one, Florida's Surgeon General has called for a halt to the use of all COVID-19 mRNA injections, citing safety concerns after the discovery of billions of DNA fragments per dose in both Pfizer and Moderna's mRNA-based COVID-19 vaccines. Wait, sorry, what? Who did? Uh, Pfizer and Moderna had uh, billions of DNA fragments per dose found in the shots. And who called for an end of their use? Florida's Surgeon General. Ah. So, 
There you go. It turns out the term conspiracy theory could easily be interchanged with spoiler alert uh, here in this list of 15. Uh, did any of those particularly uh, you find you want to talk about? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just wondering where New Hampshire's uh, Surgeon General falls in on this one. That's a good question. <laughs> Somewhere I, depressing, I'm sure. I don't know the answer to that, but I do know that uh, this from you, December uh, 12th, a New Hampshire bill would end state cooperation with CDC and WHO mandates. And I don't know if this was... Uh, no, it wasn't Santana Stutz. This was Representative Michael Granger, along with seven co-sponsors, filed a bill, HB 1156, that was supposed to be introduced January 3rd. Uh, under the proposed law, the CDC and the WHO would have no jurisdiction in New Hampshire at all. So there are some... To be honest, I've never heard of a New Hampshire uh, Surgeon General, so... Yeah, yeah me neither. Bad. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the one here that sticks out to me the most... Probably the perverse brainwashing techniques that were thoroughly studied to get you jabbed. I mean, and like, I, perverse isn't even, like, overtly stupid is what I would call these, right? <laughs> like, hey, uh, come on down to Krispy Kreme Donuts and get your vaccination in the drive through and we'll give you a free donut. Well, I suspect that's not the one they're referring to, but uh, I could be wrong. Uh, I mean, okay, but then there was like... Hey, come to such and such pub or bar and grill and you get a free beer with your shot. Mm -hmm. Like, come on, people. Like, this isn't rocket science, right? If if you have to. I'll I'll give you beer. I'll give you pot. Just take the injection. (laughs) Yeah. I was holding out for a car and they never did give me one. (laughs) If you have to be bribed to get something that is supposed to be medicine, you should probably think twice. Well, I think that if you are can be bought for a donut, then you should probably sell. Well, I, I'm just wondering if maybe that's how they got all the police to get the jabs. <laughs> you know, um, when I was on Saipan, um, I paid a close attention to their fire department there, and uh, they fired firemen over the uh, the whole fact that they wouldn't take the shot. Wait, a lot you, of them. If you fire a fireman, are they just men? Yes. <laughs> that's exactly what they are at that point. They're just fighters. <laughs> <laughs> There's fighters. <laughs> yeah, I I think they uh, they definitely followed the playbook of if you're going to lie, repeat the lie yeah. loudly over and over again. And when people say you're wrong, you just repeat it again. Yeah. And the, the what's really important, I feel like Free Talk Live missed this one, is is that the government didn't just do this on its own. It had the media. Oh, yeah. This chorus, cacophonous chorus of the media just repeating over and over again. Google says, well, sorry, you're going to get, get kicked off. Facebook says, you know, you're getting, uh, you know, you're, you're getting zapped. The whole thing. And like the one guy that stands out, Elon Musk, is, um, is pointing out what happened on Twitter. But everybody yeah, and, else and from at the time, down. at the time, Twitter was just lockstep with Facebook and oh, yeah. YouTube sure. and yep. all of that. Yeah, I, you couldn't post a thing. Uh, we I don't even remember how many platforms we were either threatened to be banned from or actually were banned from for some period of time. Just for saying, like Mark said in a couple of segments ago, just saying the words COVID, saying the words MRNA, right? They were like, oh, no, no, we can't have you saying these things. Also, Voldemort, didn't you hear? 
Right. And by the way, Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated radio program that's been on the air for 20 years. Why can Fox News say the words Free Talk Live can't? Right. Because they are in favor of the military industrial complex and have always up, uh, held them up. That's they right. repeat what the government line is and you don't. Whereas we are the ragtag fugitive fleet, the rebel alliance, the, uh, you know, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. We are not the the arm of the government is really what it comes down to is that we are not an arm of the government. Right. Whereas YouTube is, is Fox News is. All I'm saying is, is that if there is qualification to be mainstream media, we fit it. You know, like we've got 200 radio stations. We've paid our dues. We've been named the top 25 radio programs in America. I mean, you know, frankly, Ian just won the most prestigious award in radio given last year. So, you know, the most prestigious award in radio. The most prestigious? Yeah. Well, the most exclusive, I should say. Yeah, the Freedom of Speech Award from Talkers Magazine. Yeah, that's not the most prestigious award in radio. All right. None of them are interested in earning that award ever under any circumstance. (laughs) CNN does not want that award. Fox News does not want that award. You bring up a good point. Rush wanted it. (laughs) I I would. Sure. Yeah. No, that's. So Rush Limbaugh does basically the same thing as Americans for Prosperity. The same thing as Reason Magazine, where like when they want to get their message out two libertarians that was his job when they wanted their republicans to feel that they were libertarian then they could listen to rush limbaugh and feel as if they were actually fighting for liberty i would think that if anybody from like fox or cnn you know radio uh won the talkers freedom of speech award it might get them fired yeah i'm just guessing seriously i don't know this but like now I know there's a there's a list of names. I know Rush is on there. I think isn't Bill O'Reilly on there too? Mark, who who else is on there? There were some Howard, oh, Howard, Howard Stern's Stern, on there. Um, yeah, a good one. I'm sure O'Reilly wanted. I would have to look it up, but um, I remember know, recognizing my top of my head. Yeah, I remember recognizing you know a half a dozen names on that list and thinking to myself, yeah, if anybody deserves it, it's certainly Ian Freeman. Right. Like by way of comparison, like uh, you know I've listened to Stern. I'm like, really, he won the Freedom of Speech Award. Why? Because he started cussing on his morning, you know. He said, show or, you know. "Pussy Willow" and "Cock a Doodle Doo" on the radio. That's, that's, that's right. Who would do such a thing? That's why he won. Wow! What a he pushed the limit. What a mother FCCer, right? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I I know that if you ended up winning that award on, you know, CNN. Or MSNBC, your job is going to be at risk. However, you might get away with it at Fox News because they're the underdog. I mean, remember, this is all wrestling. Folks, this is all professional wrestling. We are the heels if we're on Fox News, but we're the, uh, the face if we're on CNN. So if the guy on Fox News gets one of those rebel awards, eh, they might be able to get away with it. But if, you know, the New York Times wins it, then we've got a problem. And just like uh, wrestling, uh, professional level wrestling, uh, you occasionally see people jump from the bad guys to the good guys, Mm -hmm. the good guys to the bad guys. Yeah, and I, I think that this is what's happening with Twitter. I think that it is currently being set up to be the Fox News of the next generation, mm. where it's the plucky underdog that there's only one of in spite of all of these other sources. Like, to some extent, and, and Mark, you're 
you're probably, uh, I know you're the, about the same age as me, so you probably remember. There was a time before the Fox Network. And that network, that network made its way by airing controversial content. Uh, the Tracy Ullman Show, The Simpsons, yeah, uh, that. Yeah. Star Trek, The Next Generation. This that was is just all, Fox, that right? Was, right. That was, that was Fox, the beginnings of its network. And what they did is they bought time from all of these independent television stations mm-hmm. and would air their programming during, like, say, the primetime window, you know, on Wednesdays or Fridays, whatever. It, you know, it was only a couple of days a week at first. And then it was five nights a week. Uh, during primetime only. So, like, it would be independent channel 13 or whatever it was most of the day, but then as soon as, like, 7 o'clock hit, it's, ah, and tonight on Fox, it's going to be this, that, and the other thing, right? Mm. But they, Married with Children was another one of these programs mm. that, like, this. these were controversial programs when they were aired, and that's how Fox came up as a network by bucking the trend, bucking the system. Mm-hmm. And so, in that respect, it was interesting to witness but now it's less interesting because, well, they've certainly g- gone well far away from the controversial content that they built themselves upon. Ain't that the truth? So at any rate, uh, the two that stuck out here uh, besides the, uh, the one about the brainwashing was, of course, the uh, research finds heart anomalies within 48 hours of the COVID-19 shot and Pfizer hid nearly 80% of COVID-19 vaccine trial deaths from regulators. Yeah, if you want to look into the uh, the things that this seems to be doing to people's uh, circulatory systems, uh, Died Suddenly is just a very eye-opening documentary on that one. Yeah, and if you want to you know, see a crowdsourced uh, database, visit the VAERS, V-A-E-R-S website. Right. I have a lot of friends who are doctors, and these are not necessarily you know, conspiracy guys or anything like that. What they've said is we're seeing a lot of anomalies. Things are just what wasn't things that weren't happening prior to COVID and the vaccine. And I've heard some of them say, look, we don't know where, whether it's COVID, whether it's the vaccine, whether it's both. I've heard some of them blame it solely on the vaccine. And I've heard some of them blame it solely on COVID. Now, I tend not to blame it on, you know, having being a uh, long COVID survivor, as Mm -hmm. it were, um, I tend not to blame all of this on the vaccine, but I certainly blame some of it. I mean, you can't just roll out a vaccine from zero to, um, you know, full speed in what, 16 months, actually. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Well, and expect and, there to be not any problems. And that was the thing that stuck out to me about this list was that it, it was nerve damage on both. Yeah. So the vaccine yeah. causes nerve damage and COVID, like that's why you lose your sense of taste is because it attacks the vagus nerve. So they're both causing nerve damage, which definitely seems to be in favor of the people who are benefiting from this. We are out of time tonight. Thank you to Mark Edge for joining us. Thank you to Peakless Mountaineer. Thank you to all of our callers and of course every one of our listeners out there we appreciate you if you missed any part of tonight's program please visit our website freetalklive.com and find the archives thanks and peace if you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate well i know a guy who's really great 
It's the Realtor Mark Warden. Now you can learn more about the awesome things happening here in New Hampshire in our march toward liberty in our lifetime. Our friends at Porcupine Real Estate are hosting a series of webinars to educate you on the expanded freedoms enjoyed by New Hampshire citizens. Reserve your seat today at move.freetalklive.com. Topics include gun freedom, medical freedom, and political freedom victories. They also have a couple on best practices for moving to the free state and finding housing. These webinars are super helpful and free to attend once you've registered at move.freetalklive.com. Visit their YouTube channel, Porcupine Real Estate, for videos from past presentations and sign up for upcoming webinars for free at move.freetalklive.com. Porcupineralestate.com